pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, uh, Season 5, Episode 18. I'm your host uh, this evening, Kagi, and I'm joined by uh, the better of the two, Dales, Nelson Dale. Nels, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Obviously better than Harry. I've decided to turn up and commit to this thing where he's just not having that good of a season, so he's decided he just doesn't care anymore. We're not valuable enough to him. It does feel that way, doesn't it? I mean, he didn't even come down to the Waratahs Crusaders match that uh, you and I went to on the weekend. So it's, it's becoming a trend, perhaps. Yeah, we, we were with the pick and drive boys there and they had a really good time on the hill and Harry had better things. He, I think he's just lost his interest in the Waratahs and, and the rugby and it's really heartbreaking. Look, I mean, I heard um, Ellen was saying he was watching rugby league. So, I mean, I don't know if, we've lost, if he's lost the plot completely, but um, yeah, no, look, I definitely... Anyone, yeah. If anyone that doesn't know who Ellen is, that's my wife. Yes, she definitely said Harry was watching the rugby league. She saw him watching. So I think he was wearing a Rabbitohs jersey at the time. Excellent. But um, no, look, I did definitely expect uh, of the two Dales, if I had to expect one to not join the pod this week, it might have been you, given that uh, we had a a head-to-head matchup in fantasy footy this week. And how did that turn out? Well, we haven't done final scores yet. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. All right. Very good. But uh, we could we could deduce it looks like I may have bagged a win, and that would make us even for the year, given that you um, tip pipped me in the first one. But, um, but look, yeah, I mean, I think are... t- talking about Harry falling out of the picture. I mean, is he even in the top four anymore now in the OG league? I think he's just absolutely lost everything. Uh, this uh, is... I think he's a shambles. He's a shambles. Is so... it? Although this is, it must be noted, this is two weeks in a row, two losses for both the Dales. So it's um, it's all come crashing down a little bit. But um, but anyway, it is. I'm still, I'm still probably sitting in second. I'm not too worried. But no, but anyway, how good was that Tars game though, Nels? We look, I kind of made it. You, you, you similarly to me made a last minute decision. Like, oh, let's get down to the game. I mean, how can we not go? It's Tars Crusaders, and God, we're glad we did. But um, like Leichhardt, almost a full Leichhardt oval, and that game to get that win, how good? Yeah, look, this is game four of the week, but obviously you can tell it's game one for us. It's the most important one of the weekend, but. Yeah, no, it was a, a packed crowd, very, very vocal crowd. I, 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 it was reminiscent for me of the finals. Yes, I know the crowd size was different at a different venue, but it was the loudest and most vocal crowd size, you know, that, that size that I've, I've ever been a part of. And uh, I lost my voice definitely, um, having a few coarse words with a few players and a few, a few of the refs and things. But no, it was a really, really good experience. And I just hope those the people that turned up, you know, the fans turn up for the next two home games because, you know, the Tars, they're, they're performing and, and they were entertaining. So there's no better week to do it. That's it. And, uh, you know, Leichhardt, it was, it was almost impossible to get a park somewhere and Leichhardt could barely handle the, uh, the amount of rugby and Tar supporters down there. But um, definitely bodes well for the next two games. So I expect it to be uh, an even bigger showing. So that'll be good. But um, look, without further ado, uh, we should jump straight into the pod so uh tonight's menu for entree very very quick summary of round 11 and how that went down uh for main course we'll take a look to preview round 12 and for dessert i believe we're just doing some uh, continuing on with some grievances or I forgot, i've actually forgotten what we've got down there in dessert is it what have we got for dessert Nils? um look we're probably going to just touch on the aussie sides and how they've gone the last week Ch- see if it changes 
how we feel, you know, moving forward over the next few weeks and probably have a little bit of a grievance or two. That's uh, yeah. I think we, we almost can't get away with not having one now, but um, yeah, it'd be yeah. good to have the, we've got the optimist back on the pod after Harry and I uh, negative Nancy's in how we, we thought the Aussies were going to go in the uh, super rugby Pacific crossover starting last week. So, all right, entree, round 11. Um, yeah, very quickly, let's smash through these games. But uh, first up, we had the Reds. Uh, I mean, well, well, first of all, we should note just how close all these games were. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Nels, who, first five who games, won the, the, the plus or minus? Uh, Aussies won the plus or minus, mate. It was the first time, literally something like since 2012, I think in a round that the Aussies won the, the four and against, against the Kiwis. The, the first five matches, we're all within four points, um, and then we'll touch on that that blowout. I'd say in the in the final match, we'll call it a blowout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anything, anything. Uh, over- yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, that first matchup was the Reds uh, v the Chiefs, twenty five twenty seven to the Chiefs. So a real tight one right until the end. The Reds were actually leading at halftime. I think it was thirteen to six. They mm-hmm. lost Tupo, and they just didn't have that class to finish it off. I think. They're really missing James O'Connor at the moment. Um, there was a couple of kicks left out there, a penalty and a conversion that, you know, one of those come off and they could win or, or draw, or two of those come off and they've, they've won. But, I mean, you, you can't really fault, you know, the kickers in this opportunity. It wasn't like it was a woeful kicking game, but it, it just hurts to see that, you know, they were so close yet again. If they had a little bit more accuracy, they, they could have got the win, but the Chiefs are no slouch of a side. So I think they did pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. You're nailed on the head with it's a bit devastating because, I mean, last week they were up 17-0. This week, as you said, again, ahead 13-6. And so really showing they've got it in them and and from the start, which I think has been a really big problem in the last couple of years is the Kiwis kind of getting away from you from the beginning. So really need to figure out how to see through that second half. And, um, yeah, but exciting. So uh, similarly, I mean, the Force Blues, I was super surprised by this game. I was, you know, I had a whole bunch of Blues players in my fantasy side and I was ready for the boys to cash in. But um, no, uh, the Force absolutely gave it to them, didn't they? They stood super strong over at uh, HBF Park and um, yeah. they put everything on the line. It was really good. This, look, this one was the surprise of the round for me. Um, not that the Blues won, but that the Force was so close in this match to, to late. I'm getting attacked by a dog over here. Um, so your wife like that, mate. That's uh... <laughs> very rough. Very rough. No, my wife's not attacking me. Um, very rough. It's definitely a dog. Um, 18 to 22 with the Blues. The, the Blues just, I don't know, there, maybe there's something missing for the Blues, but I, I don't think they expected the force to come out firing and, you know, maybe they, they just were caught off guard a little bit, but the force, they found a little bit of that, you know, they, they were a little bit more reinvigorated like we saw at the start of the Super Rugby season where they defended a lot better. Um, they were, you know, a more cohesive unit. And I think that was a real positive for them. Even though they didn't get the win, I'd, I'd be really taking something out of this if I was a Force fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, for mine, look, it was off the back of um, we've said, so we know the Force's defence <clears throat> is great. And we've said week in, week yep. in, out, you know, they just lack some some attention offense some attack but um isaac finds wow he really stepped up for mying um and not just him also youngster rishan pasatoa who's only getting better with more time in the saddle and they just absolutely launching stuff everywhere you know being able to put doubt in in the opposition's mind and so um really good we we said it from really early on that 
you know, these are the two players that they should be sticking with in the halves. Yes, we know there's some more experienced players, but these two are the future of the club in terms of, you know, the control of their game. And and they're both quite dynamic, exciting players. And this is off the back of a couple of weeks together. Um, You can see that they're just gelling a lot better. They're they're reading each other and reading the team better. I think Isaac Fines we've known about for quite some time, especially through the NRC. And he is really an electric half. I, I wouldn't be throwing him in Wallaby's contention at the moment. I don't think he just passes up to it, but... In terms of his just control, in terms of picking when to run, when to do little pops, things like that, he's very, very, you know, dynamic and dominant in those small tight spaces. So really exciting one to see. Yeah, for Mike, it just proves the value of a halfback who's really probing and testing around the ruck. Like when you make those extra players have to commit, stay in tight and are always second-guessing themselves, they don't quite feel the field as much. It creates so much more space. Um, and, yep. and and also when you do get through, when you punch through those opportunities close to the ruck, it's just huge gain line ball. Like it just puts puts you on the front foot. It's, it's so invaluable. So Isaac Fines, I thought was awesome. And they've, uh, I mean, spoilers, but they've rewarded him with a start again um, this week coming up. So that was pretty huge. Um, the next yeah. game, now talking about spectacles <clears throat> of the game, the, uh, the Drua taking on the Highlanders in Fiji in Suva. How good was that? 15,000 people sold out, crowd, amazing. Yeah, you know, I had a few people I was chatting to say, this is disappointing that the biggest crowd was in Fiji <laughs> of, of so far this season, but I don't think it is. Like, yeah. it just shows you the need to get this team involved in Super Rugby and, and how much this means to, to Fiji as a nation and, and their fan base. And I absolutely love it. You know, I, I really hope that, you know, every week that they're at home, they're getting crowds like this. And, and you know, we, we feel like we're being left behind. Like, this is a country that just lives off rugby. They don't have a lot of other sports there. So if they can create crowds like that, I think it's going to be a massive thing moving forward for them in terms of being really hard to, to defeat at home. Oh, for sure. Look, I'm not going to lie. After that game as well, I, um, I did quickly look up uh, took a quick squeeze at some flights to the next game in uh, it's it's what are we looking at in uh, Nadi up in um, against the Nardi, Chiefs yeah. and uh, look I mean only issue, the game's on a Friday afternoon so it's not a um, you got to take an extra day or two off but uh, I couldn't really find any great flights for me off the bat. What, but, what, um, what are we looking at price wise, mate? Oh, mate, I don't look at I only look in Qantas points, mate. That's my religion, Qantas points. I don't uh, I don't actually pay money for flights. That's my mate. Where where have you been? Um, but uh, no, anyway, just absolute spectacle was awesome and so, so close. The Drew are going down 24 to 27 to the Highlanders. And yes, the Highlanders were absolutely stoked to bag themselves a win. Is that, is that, their, that's not their first win, is it? Or is that their first win in Super Rugby Pacific? I probably uh, should have known this coming into I the think, game. But, um, that could I, well I, be I their first like, win of the season. Yeah, I, I really just feel like maybe they've had one more win. Yeah, I, I don't I feel think like, they're. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like one surely. Other, well, okay, as you look that up. But anyway, the game though, so so close. And again, yeah, you know, there were some penalty goals left out there. They, they have, they've had one. They've had one other win, mate. One other. Okay, win. so good. We haven't completely uh, thrown. <laughs> it's still, still, oh yeah, against Moana, I think one of the two Moana games. Right. Yeah. Okay. Does that? I mean, does that even count? I mean, that was Moana's playing ten games in a row every three days or something, you know? Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no. What a game. Um, and I don't know, for me, the big one from this, and look, I'm definitely biased because it's in my fantasy team, but Moreno, Mikaeli, too. Is he back? Mate, he had a 
absolutely barnstorming game. He got into absolutely everything, kind of by necessity, given that um, they just were losing back rowers left, right, and center. Um, you know, <laughs> they lost lost Evans, Christian, Leo, Willie had come on another big unit who I was yep. excited by. He got injured. So kind of by necessity, he just stepped up and um, was absolutely awesome, Michele, too. So um, and did well, you we, have any stand out for you? Oh, look, Michele, too, it's good, good to see him back in form. But um, just this whole back line for, for <laughs> the Fijian thrower, mate, that, that centre pairing of um, Rivalvo and Vota, Habosi in the wing, who really just has to be the most exciting wing, winger in the game. And, I mean, yes, there is other names we'll throw out, and I'll probably say the exact same thing about Tavatavanawai, but they're just <laughs> absolutely thrilling, exciting players that know how to tear a team apart. And it just shows the value that this team has um, being brought into the competition. <laughs> I'm, um, I was going to see a timestamp of how long it took you to mention Tavatavanawai, but, um, look, I mean... It's fair enough. It's uh, he, he was that good on the weekend, so well done. But um, look, let's move on to the next game. Uh, that was the Tars and the Crusaders at Leichhardt Oval on Saturday afternoon. The uh, Tars getting up there 24 to 21. And um, so, so good. Uh, and, and I want to say the Tars getting up there uh, in that one, despite the best efforts of the 16 men they were up against, um, bloody Ben O'Keefe, old mate. Um, just... Look, it's, I really want to. I want to go back and watch the game um, on TV because there were some baffling calls as um, as someone in the crowd watching the game. So I, I'm just. It's it's hard to sit there and, and feel like we're really hard done by when we got the win. But I honestly, that's what it felt like at the time. It really felt like we were just getting penalised out of the game. And that they were finding a way to try to get the Crusaders back into it, but I don't want to heap too much from Ben O'Keefe. But it's definitely not the first time that we've we've thought that either. Um, I'm, but look, I'm I, happy to I heap mean, on Ben O'Keefe for the whole pod. That's fine with me. That's, uh... <laughs> but they, I love that everyone kept talking about saying that this was such a weakened Crusader team. You know, they've, they've, they've dropped Enor, who's out of form and maybe not one of their best two centres anyway. Or oh, they've got Bridge, who's definitely not one of their top back three. Mm. Um, yes, they've rotated one of the centres with Blackadder, but they've got um, Pablo Matera coming in, who is world class. They've got Christy, who's a, a dominant, really hardworking seven. And they've got Colin Grace, who's, you know, an, an all black eight, basically. And mm. I, I just, it was such nonsense. The, the big loss, obviously, is Maunga. But it's not like it was a weaker team. We'll see a weaker team, you know, definitely this this week, and that's with Monga there. So yeah, yeah I, it's an interesting I, one. I agree. I think the dialogue was a little ridiculous. I think the, the dialogue should have just been: should they have rested Moanga or not? That's it. That's, yeah, that's that, the dialogue. You know, you know. I mean, I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, it, it, totally. It, it's just it is a really baffling thing. We had to bring a hooker from Shoot Shield to come <laughs> play our team, and we've got our third choice hooker. We mm. lost. You know, one of our props, we, we don't have our first choice fullback. You know, we've, we've just had, a, you know, a new guy starting on the wing, all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. you, you can't use that to make the narrative. And I think the Waratahs chose their own narrative in this one, and that's what, you know, really mattered most. Exactly. No, we don't have three starting sides like the Crusaders. But I think, look, we've, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've been, unfortunately, we've been negative Nancys to begin with. But talking about the positives, I mean, the Tars, they were just up from it. And they absolutely... Just got stuck in from the get-go. I mean, you know, 14-0 up in about 10 minutes into the game. 
they just came out and absolutely belting the Crusaders and I think caught them a little off guard. And by that, I just mean like every single contest, uh, contest just being winning the physicality battle there. They were just like, look, this is our home ground. Um, and, you know, Darren Coleman's come in and said, look, we've got to win back the, uh, the respect of the, the Waratahs fans and the New South Wales public and whatever. And, and man, have they done it? You know what I mean? Uh, throughout uh, over this season. Look, so I think that's, you know, the, the tar-tough mentality that um, DC is building in this club. And, and I really hope he's there for a long time. And this continues to build because it, it really this year has looked a part of the DNA of the Waratahs. And it's been a long time since we've had that, that part, as a part of our DNA. But it's yeah. fitting in perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Jed Holloway's grown an extra leg this year. And, and just a bunch of other players are really stepping up. But for me, he you know, the personification of what this team has done this year is, is Jed Holloway. So yeah. you, know, you need to see this. What, what's happened to this tar side, you just look at him. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I think one of my favourite comments from, uh, I forget, one of the pick and drive guys was um, about the Crusaders, uh, you know, extra lock had been called up, whatever his name, someone Dowzel or something. And it was like, well, it's his first, <laughs> first and last ever game of Super Rugby. So, um, you know, well done for his short stint. <laughs> well, first, first game for the Crusaders, I think he played Chiefs or someone that, right. um, who cares, he's just a uglier, taller version of me, mate. So <laughs> that's classic. But we've got similar I, amount of super rugby caps yeah. and similar amount of hair. Yeah. I actually I wanted to get on to you about doing a um a meme of um we have Hooper, we have Hooper with a Mo slash undercover Hooper is what I want to call it. Then we have North Hooper, which is Fraser McWright. Uh and yeah. we can you can even go to the extent of we have front row Hooper, which is Harry Hoopert, and we have yep. Lock Hooper, which is Tom Hooper. You and then we could so. have then we could have kicked by Hooper, and that's me, just another column on the side because of my big scar from him. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to go in the um, thought he was better than Hooper um, side. You know what I mean? The, um, no, we've forgotten about that. Well, I have been mean... confused, actually. It's, it's been a while since we brought that up. But uh, look, we've decided you were, definitely, you, fa- like, you were definitely faster than him um, at that uh, yeah. point in your rugby careers. But um, that might be where the, the buck stops, unfortunately. So um, in, in one match, I was better than him. I find out. I, I did walk from that game, but he did leave oh, me. He can't he, let he it did, go. Now. He did. He did. But he did leave me with six months short term area. So I don't really remember it. So I'm, I'm just going off what I've been told. Well, fair enough. Hopefully, hopefully he's not. I mean, having a, again spoilers, but Hoops is not uh, with concussion protocols, not playing next week. So hopefully he hasn't got some bloody uh, short term memory loss after having his head almost taken off for that red card. But um, Hopefully yeah. not, mate. Hopefully they're just giving a bit of a rest. But let's mm. let's jump into the the let's next push. match of the week, and we know we know that was the most important. But the yeah. Rebels Moana, and it was good to see the Rebels get up twenty six twenty two here. I is think it... it should have been a game twenty six twenty two. Yeah, no, no. I just mean like, I, it's funny. I was thinking was like, yes, was it? No, was it good? Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, I don't really care about the Rebels. I guess it's good to see an Australian yeah. team win. But... It, it was. It was good to see them win. I think they've. They've defensively improved, and a few things have improved for them, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And with, you know, Carter Gordon at the helm, I just really want to see, I want to see them performing, you know, better than they did in the start of the year because I think really think he deserved that jersey earlier on. And, you know, while he's there, I don't want to be seeing them getting, you know, wiped, uh, wiped around the paddock. So I, I think this one was one they had to win. Uh, yeah. I think they had to beat Moanga um, because they've got you know, only tougher matches from, from here on out. But mm. it was definitely not a sure thing for them either. You know, Moana have challenged a few sides. I think they beat the Canes, was it? They're, they're actually a, a pretty solid side when they put things together. 
Travis Havanaugh was the absolute standout. Um, he left me. Round. He's in my fantasy side of the round. <laughs> mate, he's in my fantasy side, and he just had me asking, Tava Tava, now why can't the rest of my players play like that? He is just such an absolute weapon. Um, also, we had McClutchy. We had McClutchy butchering a try to to take the game, um, but good support being thrown behind him from you know from from the side and and from everyone on their board and and everyone talking about it. And again, that's uh, that was Carter Gordon really putting in the effort to get across there and make that try saving tackle <clears> to <throat> oh, knock mate. the ball out of his hand. So I feel um, like it's harsh to say. To be fair, to say that's what you wrote it. To say butchering, he didn't butcher it, mate. That was. There was more well, Carter Gordon brilliance, but yes, there was talk about you know people saying they're, they're backing him and all this stuff. It wasn't his fault. He should have changed the ball to his other arm. Don't get me yes, wrong; that was his mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that was good from Carter Gordon. You're right. Now, butcher, butcher is probably a harsh word for uh, just for getting yeah. to change hands. It's not. Uh, it's not yeah. like he there was a pass <laughs> yeah. there he didn't throw. So no, you're right. That's a bit harsh. Um, yeah. And given that I love McClatchy as well, it's it's very harsh for me. But um, no, great work from Carter Gordon and. Um, no, it was an awesome game. I mean, Tava Tava Nawai, we could talk about him all pod. Uh, it was very difficult for Man. me because I love watching the guy play and I was up against him oh, in yeah. this week. I knew it was not going to not gonna bode well for me, but um, God, he's so good. Just a force to be reckoned with, really. So, well, you're not, you're not going to burst him for the rest of you, mate, because he is staying in my side whether he's <laughs> playing or not. So don't, don't you worry about it. Mate, he reminds me of, um, like I've said, the closest thing that I can think of is Joshua Tui sober, but kind of Nadolo, just yeah. the peak Nadolo, that wrecking ball. Speaking of Nadolo, coming I, back, but you know, I feel more, I don't know why, I don't know what it is about him, but I feel more Tui sober than Nadolo. And I don't more, know whether more Tui sober, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, the stockiness and, you know, his agility is a little bit different to say Nadolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a little bit more of a, a little bit more footwork on him, a few different things like that. He, he can beat you in many different ways where Nadolo pretty much ran over you. <laughs> yes, he was quite a skilled player. And, and I mean, spoiler, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but Nadolo is coming to the Waratahs next year. So how exciting is that? He's, he's coming um, But yeah, he's, he's only going to be 35, but he can he can play some good game time for us. I'll if, take look, it. if he's starting for the Tars, I'll still be picking him up for my fantasy team. I'll tell you that much. But um, but anyway, look, we should, you're right. We should push. Um, now, well done to the Rebels. Um, and the last game of the round was the Brumbies. And as you said, the absolute shellacking uh, of the Hurricanes, 42 to 25. Just mm. nip the Brums, mate. They just, they were absolutely clinical. Um, I mean, look, we we think the Reds have been, it's been harsh for the Reds to lose the first two games. They have looked really, really good. But, God, the Brums have just kind of looked like the complete package and so consistent, consistent in their selections across the board, um, but yep. just consistency <clears throat> in performance and in game plan. They do the same thing every week. And do it well. So it was really think, awesome. Yeah, to see. that was one of the things. The Reds really adapted their game plan this week, and and looked to the boot a whole lot more, and really tried to adapt differently to this game. And and, mm. and maybe there was a little bit of a necessity there without James O'Connor controlling them around the paddock. But Brumbies make minor tweaks, minor changes. But the the big thing you touched on it is consistency of selection, and, and that's that's a really really big thing. I was going to talk about a little bit later on, you know, maybe in the, the back end of this pod that, you know, the Aussie sides are, are sticking and picking a little bit more than these Kiwi sides. And, and that's one of the big differences here. That, that cohesion is a big factor. Mm. Um, you know, it, whether you're, you're the Crusaders and you're bringing in All Blacks and swapping All Blacks, it still changes that consistency of your, your side. Um, and I think the Brumbies are really nailing that. And, and they've got the likes of Ala Alatoa coming back, spoiler alert, but, 
Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, they're just in a really good place at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, a couple more rolling mall, tr- uh, not a couple, but another rolling mall try, Nos Monaghan getting in there, getting it done. Um, but it seems like it doesn't matter who's wearing the number two jersey for the Brumbies. You kind of have them down for a try, like for at least one try each week. So, um, Agreed. Yeah, no, good to see, but good to see and, them. Good to see them keep the pedal on the metal. And you know, the Hurricanes did get some points on the board, but uh, the Brumbies just kept it going all the way to the end of the eighty, which is the most important mm-hmm. thing that Aussie teams have to do against the Kiwis. So, yep, that was really good. Now let's um let's jump into the fantasy man of the week. Yep, um, we've already touched on Timothy and Tava Tava Nawai. Uh, Ninety points. He had a try. One hundred and four meters of of uh, fourteen runs. Twelve tackle busts. He had one play where he got five tackle busts and he went back looking for the same people to bump him off again. <laughs> it was really, really entertaining. He had three offloads, surprisingly no line breaks because once he got through and was almost gets through the game, the game line, he turned around to find someone else to run into. And I still loved it. I think it's because they swarmed him, mate. They, when, when they saw the ball was coming <laughs> yeah. anywhere near him, they thought the only way we're getting this bloke down is by at least four of us getting there. You know what I mean? Well, let's all try to be speed humps and slow <laughs> him down as much as we can. That's what it was. Um, the notable mentions, do you want to take us through those? Yeah, sure. So we had Dylan Peach, uh, 77 points. Um, that first try for the Tars, incredible, awesome line. And he just, look, he had to be kind of co-man of the match. I think it was him and him and Gamble or something for that Tars Crusaders game. He was awesome, Dylan Peach. Probably one of the best performances we've ever seen in, in, Super, in Super Rugby. Uh, then we had- if, you, if you listen to the, the pick and drive pod, they were talking about, he was sort of saying that he's taken a little bit of time to actually get used to the physicality in Super Rugby because it is quite different to Sevens. And, and now he's finding he can play his actual game where he was just trying to adapt to that before. Hmm. That's interesting, actually, because I, I always thought he was one of the more physical Sevens players. Like, he, you know how there's Sevens got players who are there to hit people and there's Sevens players who are there just to run around and score tries? Like, he always seemed like one of the Sevens players there to hit people. So, um, no, that's, that's a good point, though. Um, and look, other other uh, honourable mentions. We had uh, Samasoni Takiaho with sixty nine points. Uh, hey, do it justice. Dinner for two. There you go, Nels. You just you can't ever. Yeah. Well, that's it, that too. But I also meant Takiaho. You know, you get get behind oh, it, but okay. yeah, dinner for two. I wrote I wrote that in the bracket for you as well, mate. <laughs> um, and of course, it wouldn't be a week without mentioning um, Humbossi, sixty five points. The Jet Shoes down the sideline bagged himself another try, and Isaac Fines, yeah. who just. Um, I think he got a try assist. Definitely didn't score a try, but just like was involved in everything. I think you know, looked he made like ninety passes or something, which is um, quite a lot for a halfback. So he was just he was literally everywhere. Especially, especially for a halfback, not necessarily known for those passes. <laughs> yeah, you know the one I mean? that likes like, to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. So definitely so big for him. We, it just it just means he was involved in everything the force did, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting second touches and stuff, but. Um, Reese Marshall was our, our super sub of 42 points for the Highlanders. I think that's a couple of weeks in a row we're getting the Highlanders super sub. So maybe mm-hmm. if you, if you don't have any starters, just pick a benchy from the Highlanders. But that was, that was quite a good match for him. I think he scored a try when he came on as well. And the mm-hmm. captain, Mud Ward Kagi. Captain Mud, Sammy Penny, Finau, uh, minus 16 points. Um, can't remember what he did. That's pretty mud. Did he, did he get a yellow card? Can't remember. I think he, he. I think he was. He might have actually been on the bench to start. Was he? He was, he was um, on the bench. Yeah, he yeah. started on the bench and he came on and got red carded. So he made nice. a big four points before getting his card, um, mm. and he was on there for ten minutes. So he wasn't really lighting it up 
but then got red carded. Another probably a, a case of another tall man uh, just not getting getting down, which is what they seem to really be cracking down on. All the locks and those tall back rowers not getting their their height down. But um, but look, yep. we'll get we'll get onto that in the main course. Um, a, a few players coming back from their red cards. So uh, let's do it. Let's get to the main course. So round do Super it. Rugby Pacific round twelve, uh, kicking us off on Friday evening. We have the Blues and the Rebels. So. Uh, as as you touched on before, it was good for the Rebels to get a win. Um, although I forgot to say as well, apart from the Rebels getting a win against Moana, you know they were pretty they were, they were definitely in the game against the Crusaders. You know what I mean? Like again, that was another game that we thought well I thought was going to be a blowout, but um, it wasn't. So here's the next I have to say greatest test with the Blues, top of the table, top Kiwi team at the moment. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to see how this one goes. We don't really have any uh, injuries or players returning, I think, for this one, but. Um, Definitely some changes to lineups. Um, and we're doing this, of course, the casualty ward. We've already had a few people asking for the casualty ward. Uh, it should be out uh, maybe later tonight or early tomorrow morning. Uh, Harry, of course, our um, hashtag Super Rugby Physio uh, is just absolutely swamped this week, chucking a couple of weddings in there and whatnot. And um, we'll get to that. But uh, anyway, the Blues and Rebels. Nels, do you want to take us through some of the team changes? Yeah, look, well, let's jump into the Blues. We've got um, Jordan Lay coming in for Alex Hodgman. We've got a complete lock change. So we've got Big Source, one we were talking about, maybe would get some more time in the locks. Particularly um, now that he's back. <clears throat> exactly. That's, that's why we were hinting that we thought it was going to happen. Hmm. Um, and, and James Tucker coming in for Luke Romano and, and Sam Darry. Sam Darry drops to the bench for them. We've got Hoskins Satutu coming back into that eight jersey. Anton Segner had a very quiet game, but I still think a player with a big future ahead of him. But great to have Hoskins Satutu back into that side. Stephen Perifetta, the Perra franchise, comes into the 10 jersey. Bodie Barrett out of the side. We've got Mark Talea coming in on the right wing, I think, for AJ Lamb as well. And that's, I mean, that's just a handful of changes, but a, a lot of them are, are bringing back you know, first choices or, or you know, the, the preferred choices out of what's there available, except for maybe Bodie Barrett. Yeah, and another one, sorry, coming back in is uh, Rico Yuani. So most of these are all black rest mm. weeks. So Hoskins, Rick, and right, Rico true. coming back from all black rest weeks. And most of the guys out are going to have all black rest mm. weeks. So Alex Hodgman, um, Bowden Barrett, uh, et cetera. But, um, yeah. yeah, so look, I mean... Yeah, the Blues have a fair, have a pretty set. Like they know who their their, their starting side is, and um, yep. their backline, for example, this is it, except for Bowden Barrett. Um, yep. And then you'd say perhaps it could. It's a battle between Zahn Sullivan or Stephen Perra franchise for that fullback jersey, but um, certainly shored up with a hell of a centre pairing and some wingers. Caleb Clark, uh, Mark Talaya on the wings, and then um, uh, Roger Tuvasa Shek and Rico Yuani in the centres. Just that is delicious right there. Uh, sorry, and sorry. Of course, Bowden Barrett and Finlay Christie and all black, uh, all black half pairing. So, I mean. It's, it's just, I feel like it's what you expect from the Blues is just to have weapons all over the paddock. You know, they're going, what, where can we put this weapon in our back line? That's, that's how they work. They don't go, who's our best fly half? Who's our best? And they go, let's just, what jersey do you want? Mr. Weapon, and then they just fill it out. It's like they're picking sides. Like the, the coach goes, I'll pick you, I'll pick you, I'll pick you. No thoughts about where they go. And then just put them all on the paddock and just see how it pans out. And, and to be fair, it's panning out pretty well. 
That's it, right? And they know that everyone wants to live in Auckland, in New Zealand. So um, they, they just <laughs> hold that over everyone. But but look, I mean, and sometimes what has let them down has been the forward pack, but um, certainly not. They just they figured out that they needed to get pretty much all the All Blacks hookers uh, in in the country. So they've got a whole bunch of them hmm. that they just rotate. Um, Kurt Eklund's been an absolute revelation for them. I mean, I will be the first to put my hand up and say I was skeptical. I, I didn't really see that much potential in him, but he has been Matt, incredible. Harry and I did. Harry and I yeah, have rated him for a while, but he, he's definitely been you know, a, a real strength for them. That's true. That's because all I wanted was I wanted Asafa Mua to move up to Auckland and uh, start in this jersey every week um, and behind, instead yep. of being behind Dane Coles. But um, yeah, look, I mean, I mean, they're back row, right? Akira Iwani, Hoskins to 2 two All Blacks. Um, yeah, and sorry, Dalton Papali. What am I? Papali. How, how am I even yeah. overlooking? Probably the, the probably, starting seven. You know. Yeah, probably the form seven in New Zealand. People aren't going to like it. Uh, there's just definitely a lot of Kane fans out there, and that's fair enough. You can be fans, but you're wrong. Um, Papali is the the best seven currently on form in my eyes. If we're looking at form and form alone, Kane has different leadership qualities, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very, very formidable side. And yes, there's a few changes, but I mean, they're, they're going to walk into this one big favourites. If, if we look at the Rebels, they also have decided that they're not going to, you know, keep their side from last week. Mm. Uh, and they've, they've made a few changes. They've been forced one or two, but they bring, bring in Matt Gibbon and Pony for Almal Sealy onto the, the props with Cameron Orr and Kobus in Loff. And, uh, and just, just moving to the bench. Just on that, mate, Pony for Almal Sealy, like, Holy dooly! Did you t- did you take a look at that bloke when he ran out in the field? He has never looked in such good shape, and somehow yeah, he's, he's gotten even. He's gotten even bigger. He's got he's gotten bigger, but without getting fatter. Like he yeah. is just. It, lo- it looks like he should be in the in the strongman competition or in a UFC or in the bloody WWE or whatever. Like he just is absolutely he's, shredded. He's a prop, and he's about the size. Of Nadolo. So, you know, he's a big boy, Nadolo <laughs> on the wing. But no, he's, he's like 130 kilos oh. and he's a couple centimeters off two meters. So, yeah. he is a humongous human being. And, and it was really good to see him back on the paddock and, and love to see him get a start because he, he's in the reckoning for the Wallabies at the moment with um, Taniela Tupo got a big question mark on him. So, Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Ala Alato is coming back, but there's definitely an available spot there. HGH is the other name, but and, and, and we wouldn't be one. doing it. We wouldn't be doing it justice whilst he's not in the, t- the conversation for the Wallabies. Kabus Ilof has been playing, has been the form, probably the form um, tighthead prop in in the Wait. Australian Conference. Yeah, probably, how, maybe even in Super Rugby. Dare I say it? How how far off is he being available for, for Australia? He he was playing for the Rebels in 2019, so. Hmm. He might be available. No, he won't be available. 20, 21, 22, 20. I don't know, but, but I just I talked about how big, how big Pone Famasili is looking, and it's like he's, you know, he's he's replacing a bloke who's already enormous. Um, and Elof has just, yeah. I think, all this starting time under his belt, he's just grown so much in confidence. And he's got bagged so many tries this year, Elof. So formidable tight heads for them, but um, exciting to see Pony get a, get a start and to see what he can do. So, um yeah, do you want to take us through a few more of the uh, positional changes, and then we'll talk about the matchup? Yeah, we've we've got Rob Lieta shifting from lock into the number eight jersey, replacing Wells. We've got Josh Cannon then filling that vacant lock jumper left by that shift for Leota. We've got Powell coming in for James Tuttle, who I think has been really quite good for them in that nine jersey. I think Tuttle is out of the squad completely, maybe this week. Um, Stacey Ely shifts one 
one in from the he 13th is, to the Sarabi 12th. on the bench. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Good, good uh, research there. And Ray Nuu obviously is absent after trying to kill another man. Um, and with that means we've got Lucas Ripley shifting into that 13 jersey, which is, uh, for me, preferable than shifting Callaway into the centres like they did previously. We've also got Glenn Viahu shifting to the bench with um, George Worth coming in to, to replace him on the left wing. Absolutely. And look, out of the entire side, of these two sides, who do you think is licking their lips the most uh, at their matchup this weekend? I'll give you two seconds to think of it, and then I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's uh, Yuani, slow. Mate, It's Rico Yuani, mate. Oh, man, I got you. I got Did you? you? Oh, okay. There you go. Sorry, I've just ignored you. But uh, no, Rico looking at the youngster Lucas Ripley as just some fresh prey, basically. And he's going to... I'm excited having Rico in my fantasy team this week because this is going to be the week where he decides to run every time rather than um, showing his new ball ball playing skills. Lucas Ripley's paid a couple times he has, earlier yeah. this year. Um, but, I mean, it's a pretty tough ask. He's a 20-year-old. He's a 20-year-old, and he's going to have a, a tough day in the office. And, I mean, mm. the, the talk's going to be, can he shut down, you know, one of the world's best outside centres and, and one of the only players locked into the All Black squad. So he's a tough True. ask, but good on him. Hopefully he gives a crack. True. To be fair for him, he's got nothing to lose, really. Like, like if, uh, if he... If he has a shocker, everyone's going to say, well, you were playing Rico Ioani. If he has a great game, then he'll be the talk of the town. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's, uh, it's actually it's good for him, I suppose. But um, well, no. look, Can I tell you his, his stats for the year? Um, so he's made nine tackles and he's missed four. Okay. So he's got a 69 dinner for 2% um, tackle rate. So yeah. if you're doing that against Rico, you're, you're in trouble <laughs> because he's going to be running at you much harder than most others. Yeah. No, that's definitely it. But um, look, I mean, what excites me about this? I, I I'd like to see. Uh, they really like the um the double jackals there in the back row, and I think the reason yep. that they've been picking them so Hardwick and Wilkin is because they've both been playing so well. It's kind of hard, too hard to to drop one yep. of them. Um, personally, I think I would have liked to have seen them try to to match up um against the the forces of Akira and Hoskins the two with maybe chucking a Leota at six and Tamati Iwani at eight. Um, you know, yeah. fight fire with the same fire. thing to Harry. I said the same thing to Harry that mm. just get you on and and he is not of that opinion. Um, and, and and that's surprising that he's not because I've been the one saying I'm excited by the Wilkin Hardwick combination, mm. the two sevens being a seven myself, mate. You, you need to get as many of us on, on the paddock as possible. But I think when you have those two pilferers um, that can also rush out and make, you know, a, a hidden D, it makes the role for the other player that much easier if you've got you know Hardwick shooting out the line to make the tackle um and Wilkin going in for Pilfer or vice versa if they work in tandem mm. it, it really just you know times is their power by you know much more than two it, it's three four times as as easy I reckon to get those Pilfers yeah I agree and I think also if you're if you're, if you're the other team then um you know normally if there's just one of those jackals you can kind of um Keep, just keep an eye on where they are on the field. So if they're on the other side of the field, you can say, okay, maybe we don't need to throw as many players into the breakdown over here. Whereas if you've got two of them, you've got Wilkin and Hardwick just covering the whole field, you kind of feel like you might need to commit that extra player in every every breakdown that they're near. Yeah. But um, 
I don't know. I mean, I just very simply, I think that the Blues have two Yuanis. I think you want to at least roll one out if you've got one available. Just, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, let's, in simplest fair. terms. Um, Tell me one Yuani you've, you've seen play footy that's not good. Uh, Digby's okay. another one. I can't, you know, I can't tell you. It's so not it's, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, look, uh, all right. So I, I think I realised we probably didn't even do it. Uh, is, this the, it's, is this the first? This is the first game. No, we haven't got to the first game. Yeah, right? Right. So, all right. Tip, tip for this game. Uh, I mean, look, I think I think the, the Blues uh, will be certainly noting that the Crusaders didn't walk over the Rebels, that the Rebels then got a win last week and were able to match up in physicality against a very, very big Moana Pacifica side. So I think the Blues are not going to go into this like they did last week against the Force thinking we're going to walk over this team. But um, they have rolled out a lot of their big guns. Yes, no Bowden and Barrett. But, um, I mean, the pair of franchises, certainly no slouch. So... I think the Blues are going to come out absolutely firing from the, the get-go. And um, if the Rebels can't contain them uh, within the first 20, I think this game could blow out for the Blues. So uh, that's what I think is going to happen. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say I think the Blues are going to win this by 20 points. So big one for me. Yeah. I, um, I, I put my score in here before their last matchup for the Rebels and I was about to change it. And I thought, no, I, I think it's probably fair. I, I think the Rebels will fight and, and keep in this one early on in the match. Maybe they slip up just before the half and they, they go into the second half, you know, a bit over a try down and, and the Blues will probably have the ability to score a couple late tries. So, so for me, doing the math, cracking the calculations out, I reckon the, the Blues are going to win this one by 23. 23. All right, perfect. Excellent. Yep. Um, all right. Um, the, the, you want to take us to the next one? Yeah, let's, let's start off with the Reds versus Highlanders. We've got a few people missing. We've got a new injury to Taniela Tupo, um, which is, is quite a concerning one. He, he looks like he's not going to be back for at, at any point in Super Rugby, more than likely, but they are you know, getting second opinions from people that uh, care less about his welfare. Um, I think they, they actually they, the, um, they couldn't generate enough ice to cool his calves down fast enough. Like the ice just kept melting and they just, the ice machines ran out. They couldn't cope with the demand for how big those calves are. So, um, well, they, uh, they were looking for compression stocking and they end up getting, you know, those chest ones and they, they put that around his calf. So they still managed to do that. There's that positive there, but there's also Christian Leo Willie. He got injured as far as you're talking about, mate. He, pre- he did. So sometime in the first half, um, I actually yeah. don't remember what the injury was, but um, yeah. He went off. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just a little willy. He's not, not too tough. Um, in terms of players... Oh, can I say I like the look of him, though? I like the look of him. He's another Mate, big yeah. unit. It's oh, like, he where, I mean, he, he's a youngster, and, and every article you ever look about, uh, this, this guy just talks about how he's a dentistry student, and I thought that was pretty cool. He was just saying yeah, he had to pick something to do at uni, and uh, he was like, there's just no Samoan dentists. So it's very un- underrepresented. <laughs> so he was like, you know what? I'm going to become a dentist. I was like, <laughs> good on him. Yeah, good, good on him, and yeah. he's, he's going to knock your teeth out on the field and then he's going to fix them <laughs> up because he does look like a threatening man. That, that is de- he definitely gets that joke every time in terms of he, he hits someone then hands them a business card, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He's got his own mouth guard. He pulls out with his details on it and gives it to them. <laughs> Keep it. Um, I've got a few, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of returning, there's, there's a couple of good ones here. Um, we've got Jordi Pattaya, Suliasi Vunavalu, both returning for the Reds. And we've got Josh Dixon returning after his red card ban um, early on. And can I say, I know you're going to get to this in the, uh, well, you're going to get to, we're going to talk about it in the dessert, but I was going to say not to do with, 
obviously there's been a lot of red cards, um, but I, I don't know if we we're going to talk about some dessert or not. But interestingly, this will come up as a theme for a lot of players returning through all of these previews is that players are coming back like a week earlier than their sentence. And the reason for this is that, so, so Dixon, for example, was given a three-week ban and he's back in two, he's only served two weeks and this is the third week and he's coming back. And it's because all of these players, they're allowing to, they, if they do a uh, tackle technique course about uh, not tackling the head, essentially, I forget what the course was called, but if they do this course, then they're allowed to come back a week early, take a week off their sentence. What do you, what do you think about this? Mate, uh, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. Ray Nuu got done for a head high and he was dropped from three weeks to two weeks. And his first week back, he took someone's head off. And now apparently he's only out for four weeks rather than the, the you know, entry level or mid-level of six weeks they thought he, he deserved because he is young. Who, who, cares, who cares how young he is, right? He has a clear, mm. clear history of this. The week before that he played, he did this. <laughs> And they gave him a week off. If they didn't give him that week off, who did he hit? Lilia Fina. Lilia Fina would still be alive, mate. He, he got his head taken off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, f- for what? Because he, he, this guy did a little course on the weekend to say, don't tackle someone around the head. And he goes, okay. And then he did the same thing anyway. Okay, I won't do it. And then he did it. So it's absolutely ridiculous. It is a bit crazy. Um... So yeah, sorry. I just thought I'd mention it then because there's a few, there's, there's quite a few players coming back a week early, and it just it does feel a little, little silly to be frank. But um, but it, particularly it, it, right now, I mean, that's, yeah, it's crazy. It's been proven to be pointless. That's as <laughs> yeah, that. It's been so, proven that it's pointless. Yeah. All right. Well, look, um, do you want to take us through um the changes <clears> to the lineup? Sorry, I think you were doing that, and I just interrupted you. But yeah. No, no, that's all right, mate. We we've got the Reds. We've got Feo Fotowaker coming in at tight head with Albert and again called into to be the reserve tight head prop with Thor and baby Thor out injured. So I don't know what Thor names we can give these two, um, but they're still big boys. So there's going to be a few Thor bodies around the, the rugby field this weekend. And now um, that Anna is a bit of a um, seasoned, seasoned player, I think, has he played for? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's played plenty of mate. Uh, he's, yeah, I think he's a hooker slash prop, Albert Anna. I'm pretty sure he's played a bit of hooker and stuff as well, but um, he's definitely been around for quite some time. We've got um, Lucan Solakaloto coming back, starting. Uh, you were saying looking bigger and fitter than ever. <clears throat> yeah, no, just really. I think I think my, my take on this is that he's committed or has been told that he's a lock and he's not going to none of this uh, number six jersey business because he really has. Um, it's essentially the biggest his legs have ever looked is what I was uh, my takeaway. So I really liked it because he was already a really strong, powerful bloke, but just put on a bit more size. So it was awesome. Yep. Yeah. It's. Um, Good to see him back finally in that that starting jersey. Um, we've also that then relegates Blythe to the bench. Um, in terms of other changes, we've got Sarah Uru coming back onto that six jersey, pushing Angus Scott Young um, back into the bench. There's just such a competitive back row at the Reds, and and it's a really exciting one to see. They're struggling to fit these guys into their their matchday squad, and they've still got you know Wright who's out injured, Liam Wright. Uh, who's captained them and been a part of the Wallaby squad as well. There's, there's just a lot of depth there in this Reds back row. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, <clears throat> you, you look at it as sometimes, um, like it's, it's obviously really good to have such intense competition and not be able to fit everyone into your team. But at the same time, you look at it as, it, oh, is this a problem? Because then someone might leave and things like that. But 
No, you really need, I mean, to be successful as the Kiwis prove time and time again, you need to have that, you know, two or three levels deep of these players all contesting for those yep. positions. So, Yeah, people talk about this being a, a short comp and not needing the same depth as, you know, the, the premiership and things. But, mm. I mean, it's, it's brutal. So there's injuries left, right and centre. And, and it's been on show in the last few weeks how important it is to have this depth. Um, yeah. So they've still got Lawson quite in, in that, that 10 jersey. The, the reason why we're mentioning this, obviously, with Pattaya back, there was the thought process that maybe they could shift um, Jock Campbell, who earlier on the year was used in that kind of 10 jersey to, to be a bit of an option there for them. But instead, they've decided they're going to stick with Lawson quite and the, the young guy, and which is a, is a nice thing to see, um, just to, to back him. Yeah, no, I thought he looked really good. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we all thought that uh, in preseason, they'd kind of shaped Jock Campbell <clears> up <throat> as the backup 10. Um, but also, I think twofold here, Jordan Bataille coming back, we assumed he was going to go straight back into the 15 jersey because not only has he looked so good there, but obviously all the talk of, of him you know, possibly looking for a Wallabies jersey in that position. So um, that was interesting. I think they must have liked what Jock was offering. Yeah, look, I, I don't think Jock had his best game at 15. Um, maybe they're thinking a little bit about being less disruptive to this side, bringing in someone on the wing to replace Dungunu, who has been out of form. Mm. Doesn't seem as disruptive to shifting your fullback to fly house, a new player on at fullback, you know, yeah. making those sorts of changes. Um, uh, the the wings are definitely quiet. The back three were quiet for for the Reds the last couple of weeks. Um, but Jock Campbell's such a, an exciting player for sure. And I see you've lost all willpower to um mention how is Dalgunu not starting a- again? Um, because it's just it sucked all the energy out of you over the whole season. But um, you know, I put the point here again, saying mm-hmm. what has he done to piss off Brad Thorne? That's that's all I know. What has he done? I mean, it's not something, you know, you're, you're confused by. It's something you don't know. None of us know. But, look, he, he's just really, he's just not in good enough form and he makes too many errors. I, I think that's what it comes down to. I, he had another chance on the weekend. He played 80 minutes and he was better in ball in hand than, than the week before. He had a tackle bus and an offload, 44 metres. But he missed a few tackles. Um, he always, you know, makes a couple errors. Mm. And it, when you've got the depth, in the outside backs as, as the Reds have. You, you just don't need to stand for it. And, and, and sadly, I've said it a couple of weeks ago, we could be seeing the, the decline of chances here for, for Dungunu. And he, I know he really committed to the Reds and the Wallabies and didn't want to head offshore when he had big money. And mm. it hurts to say, I mean, he maybe should have taken that money. You know, like it, it does hurt to say because I was super excited when he decided to stay. That's true. And look, I should preface this by saying mm. that... Um, I mean, if I had to choose two starting wingers out of Jordan Bataya, Suliasi Bunivalu, and Down Gunu, I am picking Bataya and Bunivalu. But it's just. But you put know, Bataya at fullback. But, but I, exactly. I would, put, I would put Bataya at fullback and then have Down Gunu on the left wing. But yeah, it is. It, is, it will be sad. I mean, my, one of my favorite quotes from David Rennie was about Down Gunu, just saying that he, he can beat you in a phone. But, you know, that's still to this yeah. day one of my favorite uh, descriptions. But. Um, yeah, no, interesting one. And uh, and Josh Fluke, another result is Josh Fluke's been dropped completely out of the 23. So, um, yeah. yeah. Which, look, it's, it's fair. He played well early on, but he hasn't even, he's not, you know, he's not put himself ahead of Dungunu in his recent chances either. So I, I'm happy to see that Dungunu is the one getting that chance there. Yep, sweet. All right, well, I'll, I'll take us through some of the Highlanders. Um, Highlanders, yep. very simple. They got a win, and so very reticent to make any changes to the to that winning formula. 
Um, yep. They've only made a few little ones. So um, Ethan DeGroote, the front rower, rotation continues. He's back into starting in loose head with Daniel Leonard Brown dropping to the bench. Liam Coltman back into start at hooker. I'm not sure if he had a all black rest week or just a rest week, mm-hmm. Highlanders rest week, but um, he's back in and starting. Uh, Reese Marshall, who, uh, as Nelson mentioned, has been um, or whatever the Highlanders backup hooker has, has seemed to be our super sub every week. So um, he's on the bench again and could be good to come on for a try. Um, yep. But uh, look, otherwise, Josh Dixon straight in for Sam Sam Caird. So thank you, Sam Caird. And back to the uh, not even the bench for you. Um, Dicko's back. So um, that's it. Those are two big ins for the Highlanders. I think it must be said. Liam yeah. Coltman and Josh Dixon absolutely core to particularly their set pace. Um, Josh Dixon, of course, calling the lineouts and um, receiving most yeah, of the guys. So um, that'll be good. And then look, the Highlanders have also gone for. Um, I don't know whether it's by necessity or it, well, it kind of feels like it's by necessity. I've gone for the double jackal in the back row there. So they've got James Lenches and Billy Harmon um, starting the six and seven jersey. Mm. And so, you know, that might be just because Christian, like Shannon Frizzell's gone, uh, is out injured. Christian Leo Willie's out injured. Gareth Evans is out injured. They do still have Hugh Renton on the bench, but um, they're kind of running out of sixes and eights. Yeah, that's and it sounds like it's forced, to, to be fair, but also both these players could hold down that sevens jersey, the seven jersey. So it, it's mm. good to see both Harmon and Lynchers getting, you know, another crack at it, both on the field together. And, you know, as some of those other players trickle back in, then, you know, this is a fight for those two to to really take that that jersey. Yes, Lynchers is the co-captain, sharing that with Smith. But the fact that he's co-captain as well and he's not the out-and-out captain shows that, you know, he's not definitely locked in and, and Billy Harmon did take over him, you know, last year. So it is a good little competition between the two of them. For sure. And look, my other hypothesis was just that now that Marino Michele too is just back, um, you know, he's playing he's playing so well that he's basically a six and an eight and one, you know, so they're happy to just have two jackals out there. Um, but, you know, that's um, that could be my fantasy bias coming in. Um, Probably. And look, there's, there's no changes to this back line for the Highlanders, which is, a good thing to see, just a little bit more of that consistency, which means we've got Aaron Smith, Mitch Hunt in the centres. We've got Paya and Tumongas Umonga Jensen, who is an absolute weapon. We've got Scott Gregory and Sam Gilbert on the wings, the SGs, and we've got Connor Garden Bash up at fullback. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, there's been a little bit of doubt with Mitch Hunt over the last couple of weeks, but he had a good game last week. <clears throat> and I think they're just backing him. Um, Connor Garden yep. Bash up as well came back, had a good game last week. And and they seem to like the wings. So, um, their, their issues have been a little bit of around consistency of some of these players. Um, so, I think picking and sticking at the moment is the right choice. They've had, they've just chopped and changed far too much throughout this season. I, I think that's probably the single worst thing that's happening at this franchise that mm. you know, they're not actually just sticking with some of these players. So, to see an unchanged backline this week is a really exciting thing if you're a, a Highlanders fan. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, look, how do you see this game going? I guess. Um, the Reds, I would say, have certainly gotten stronger um, in terms of players yeah, Tupo. coming back for them. So, so no, so no Tupo, but I just yeah. mean if if, if, you're, if you're pitting Pattaya and Vunivalu up against Gregory and Gilbert, I know who I'm backing. That's just for me. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, um, and then throwing Dungurno on the wing on the off the bench to run at him as well. But yeah, for me, it almost was a case of. I think it's third time lucky for the Reds. Um, they've been very close the last couple of times against two 
what I would say, better sides than the Highlanders. Highlanders definitely not in, in the best of form. Mm. Um, so this is one I think the Reds should be able to, to take out. I, I really hope that they don't res- resort to, you know, let's just kick and hope and really try to play field position, you know, nonstop. Well, I, I think one of the issues with maybe Crichton's game was probably what he's been told to do, but mm. he didn't really pass that much. He kicked plenty. And, and Tate McDermott passed far more than he normally does. And it does really change their dynamics. Um, they do have a lot of really solid ball runners out wide, maybe a little bit stronger this week. So try to utilize those guys. Yes, take take those kicks when they're on offer, but don't just be, you know, kick happy like we probably saw last week. Yeah, and I think that's a great point given that, um, you know, we talked about it over for years, but it hasn't really changed with the Highlanders' DNA in that they're mm. a team that does like to kick quite a lot and um, to give the the opposition the opportunity to run the ball back at them and then create some type of broken play for some counter-attack but um so i think you're right i think the reds particularly having Pattaya and vunavalu back there they're going to need to run some of these balls back and just have a crack um and i think yep. you know the most important thing for the reds is you know i think they will start really strong hopefully get some points on the board and then they need to absolutely keep focus keep discipline and just keep the pedal to the metal so um i'm not too How worried do you about see the- this one going well, I was going to say, I'm not too worried about the set-piece loss with Tupo, but um, I, I think the Reds will have be, have too, you know, just have too much across the park in this. So yep. I, I'm going to say the Reds by... I'm going to say the Reds by 12. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. look, I I haven't seen the ability from the Reds to put a team to, to the death, you know, put them to the sword, you know, if, if they do build that lead. So mm-hmm. I, I think the Highlanders, you know, with that cohesive or slightly more cohesive back line, that they'll stay in this one. But I think, you know, maybe the Reds have enough to get this done. They just have a lot of attacking threat if they can utilise them, which they haven't in recent weeks. So I'm just going to say the Reds are going to sneak home with this one. Mm. The Reds are going to win by, I'm going to say five. I don't want to rely on them to make a kick. I'm going to say the the Reds by five. Okay, one thing that we, we did last week, Harry and myself, Mm. And we haven't done yet in this pod is who is you think going to be the, the biggest scorer fantasy wise? this? Oh, in, in the game. We both picked Rico Ioani for the last one. So oh. let's just assume. <laughs> so who is who's going to be the biggest scorer in this one? In this game or in the round are we talking? Oh, sorry. We, pick, we both picked Rico last one. You've got you. Yeah. Sorry. This game. Yeah. Um, well, I kind of feel like. I'm really stuck on Jordan Batara of Vunavali, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I'm just just trying to think if there's anyone else that sticks out. Uh, I mean, it could it could be a Fraser McWright, Harry Wilson, or Mikeli two type job. But no, look, I'm going to commit. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Vunavali. This is going to be the game. He's going to he's going to deliver bulk points. I don't I don't mind it at all, mate. Oh, look, these these are two wingers that probably aren't most known for their defence. Um, which is a bit harsh. Look, I'm just gonna, you know, flip of the coin, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something different to you. I, although I love and I want to see Vinavado killing it, I'm gonna say Pattaya on the left wing, <laughs> running against Gilbert, who I think is the weaker defender of the two. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. I feel the same. It's flip a coin, but I feel like it's one of them. That, that's what's what's yeah. gonna happen. So nice one. Um, all right. Well, look, that takes us on to the Saturday games, and we have the. Moana Pacifica taking on the world beaters, the uh, Waratahs, New South Wales Waratahs. World so, yeah, exactly. Pretty much, can we call them the world champs? They've pretty much beaten the Crusaders so. slash All Blacks. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I like it. Um, and this is at Mount Smart Stadium, so over in New Zealand. Um, and there'll be all the 
Moana. It'd, it'd be good now to have a full crowd to have the full Moana Pacifica supporters out there, um, which will be very cool. So, and I think the Blues are over in um, in Perth. So, also any of the Auckland-based uh, rugby fans will will get out to this game. So, should get a good crowd there. And um, yeah, new injuries to report on this one. So, Moana, I don't think we have any injuries. Lilia Fano, who we mentioned, had his head almost taken off by Ray Nuu. He did actually complete his, uh, sorry, pass the HIA, come back on and then play the rest of the um, the 80. But um, I don't think there's any other injuries to report. But again, please check the casualty ward once it gets published. Uh, but for the TARS, we have Harry Johnson-Holmes. Um, he, I think, is gone for the season, it sounds like. Um, it's, yeah, it sounds like at least the regular season. Mm. Um, we, we did hear some goss. I'm, I'm trying to think of the top of my head um, from straight from his mouth. But yeah, no, he's he's not looking like he's back either for the season. Might be back in time for the finals, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, nice. Um, we had Hooper's taking the week off for just with concussion return to play protocols after he almost had his head taken off and did not pass his HIA by uh, Crusaders. Um, Mahe Vailanu, I'm pretty sure he did Mate. go off injured. Oh, look, I, I, I just think it's this is a case of for some reason DC going. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put the shit of play in the the lineup again, mate. In this pick and well, order. Yeah, is it me just saying that he has to be injured because I can't possibly believe that he's not on the bench with Parecki coming I back? Think, if um, I like, think that's it, mate. I think that's it. Even though every single other person than DC, who was the guy that brought Violanu to this club. Yeah. He played with him with Gordon, with North. He played with him with over the, in with the um, Gutinis, yeah. With the Giltinis, and now he's playing within the Tars. So he knows how devastating Violano can be with the ball. Mm. And he also knows how bad Horton can throw a line out. And he's he's still picking Horton on the bench, which is is just dumbfounding. It's the one that's, thing I'm confused about. That's days. why I'm saying Violano must be injured. Uh, particularly Maybe. Given, particularly given Maybe. how he played given how he played last week, because he had an yeah. absolute cracker game against the war against the Crusaders. Um so good ball in hand. So and look, and lastly, yeah. another injury, we had James Ram, who returned for all of about uh, two minutes. Um, so he uh-huh. had just come back from being injured all season and uh, looked like he did kind of his ankle and hobbled off after a couple of minutes on the field. So You've got to feel sorry for him. He's a player we really love. I hate to see him that this is his last year at the Tars. Mm. He's turned his back on his uh, fans. On his wall of his dreams. In the, the and his wall of his dream to head. I think he's got an English cousin's dog walker or something, so he qualifies for them. Um, so hopefully we see him back before the end of the year, but he, he he should have been in one of the starting wing jerseys for most of this year if he wasn't injured. Or the fullback jersey even, yeah, I agree, but definitely. Yeah, all the fullback jerseys. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, we've also got the return of Dave Parecki, mm. an exciting one for the Tars, really important one, even though we were talking about how big a loss Vialanu is from how good he played last week. Yeah, and Pare- exactly. Given how, even how good Violano was, Parecki, I mean, Parecki, we, we were talking after the game saying he's got to be seriously looking at a Wallabies berth just because he's got to be the front-running hooker in um, in Australian rugby at the moment, it feels like. So um, very exciting to have like him back. like he's in the best form. Yeah, mm, absolutely. And in terms of the one, the before we talk about more about Tavis Avanawa, um, the the one thing is, like, there's only made one one change in this side from, from mm. last week, which is, is a good thing. Don't throw the you know the baby out with the bathwater or, or whatever that saying is. Yes, you lost to the Rebels last week, but they, they do have a threatening side. They've changed 
Alamanda Matunga uh, for Solomon Funaki in that seven jersey. That's the only change, and it's mm. a good thing. Um, I think we talked a little bit about Tawala at fullback, Kagi. You're not convinced he's a, he's a fullback at the moment? Well, look, I was really excited by this positional change last week because I thought, mm. um, look, I, the first couple of games he's played at 12, I thought he's looked really, really good, Danny Tawala, but he does have, um, he's got a good, I suppose, well, he's supposed to have a good boot on him, although he didn't really exhibit it very much against the Rebels. He had a few shocking kicks, but um, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think he really had that great a game for, I mean, given his first game starting at Super Rugby level at fullback, but um, it did make me appreciate Will Havili, uh, the, the missing of, of Will Havili a little bit. Just, um, yes. I think he, he's, he's been a little overlooked, Will Havili, what he brings to that side. Even and it's pretty easy to do, given that you can look at players like Tavatavanawi and Tima Fyanganuku and things. So yeah. <laughs> easy to do, but um, yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm excited that he's getting another crack. Um, so we can see what he can deliver. Look, it almost feels a case that the centres are stacked for them, and <laughs> and Havili has been a, a stable. I mean, sorry, Tawala has been you know a stable, quite exciting player at chances. Havili has been stable, but hasn't really let the world uh, set the world alight. So yeah. the, it seems like they've kind of done it to give their best centres a crack somewhere on the field. Danny Tawala has a bit of versatility about him. But, you know, you, you've got the likes of, um, in the centres, Henry Taifu at 12, Lever Amua, both real big threats, ball in hand, 12-13. Mm. Um, Taufu has some leadership qualities and, and has had chances there for them. And, and then you've got Solomon Ikata, 2.0 with his long hair, um, filling in uh, uh, on the bench. And, and he's another really dynamic, exciting player for them. Yeah, I mean, he came off the bench last week against the Rebels and absolutely killed it. I think he bagged himself a try yep. and just, um, yeah, he's, you know, and he could play wing or centre as well. I think he just can't. Can't, they can't fit him in. You're, you're right. You, you're trying to very difficult to, with all these awesome players to, to get them on the field. And um, you know, I mean, sometimes we, I guess, we're critical of coaches just putting their best players on the field. Doesn't matter where they where they can. But um, in this instance, it kind of feels like, no, nah, put your That's best players right. on the field. They're all awesome. Like just you know, um, the, the issue is it really brings that alternative style. They have they have so many threats ball in hand. Havili really, really was a well controlled fullback with his boot. Um, and maybe that's something that they need at the moment. Tawala is, is a game finisher, exciting player. So to me, he doesn't seem like the choice of fullback, but there's nothing wrong with giving him another crack there to see if he can solidify himself because he is a very exciting player. That's it. I think you, you nailed it. Havili just, um, he's played a lot of his career at 10 and 15, William Havili. And so he just, has that um, that game sense, that game vision, and um, it puts a lot of very good, very important strategic kicks in and things like that. Um, where which you know, Danny Tuala, it sounds like has played. I think he's played fullback throughout his growing up in his career, and um, but he's played a lot of centre over the last I don't know how many years. Um, so anyway, look, exciting to see. Like I said, good to see him have another crack and see what he can do. And, um, and the one thing, the one game plan, we just tell him give the ball to Tavatavanawa. That's it's, it. There's it's no other things you need to think about. If, if you are in your 22 and you think you need to kick the touch, give it to Tavatavanawai. If you're close to the line and you're going, sure, if you can drive, just give it to Tavatavanawai. Like, you just, what do you do off the back of the time? Give it to Tavatavanawai. There is no other answer to any question that they can ask. Am That's I wrong? It. No, absolutely. And look, who, who's he? Uh, 
it's a big ass Mark. Uh, he's up against Mark Nwangani Duase uh, this week. So, mate, <laughs> he is going to dominate. I mean, sorry, Mark Nwangani Duase is not going to have a single missed tackle this week because he will be out of position like he has been. And Tavatava Nawa is going to be strolling down the sideline looking to bump over Newsom or whoever's playing fullback. If I was Mark, what I'd do is I'd act. I'd just when we get to the change room, I'd actually just put the eleven jersey on and just um just, you know, just sneak the eleven jersey. So on. this one, this this one fits me better. This one fits me better. <laughs> My defensive ability. Oh, but anyway, no, looking forward but to that. Um, mate, that's an exciting battle though. That's two two players that can you know run hard, ball in hand, and, and can finish tries. So that's that's an exciting one in this match. But yeah. if we jump across to the Tars, that they've lost. You know, the, the big red musician, HJH, but they've, they've also gained Parecki back, as we touched on. Um, I'd, we're all confused still about Horton being included in this side. But Archer Holtz, he's a, he's a very, very big boy. Mm, he he, uh, we, we saw him um, on the sideline last week after the match. Well, I think he is evolving into this side and, and starting to find his feet a little bit. No, I don't think. His HJH is very, you know, experienced and, and been there, done that where Archer Holtz has not. But he is a player, I think, that does have a future ahead of him. He's not going to be a Bell or a Tupo, but I think he could be quite a good player. So I'm, I'm not too disappointed that we get to see him have this crack. Yeah. Um, and I really hope he, he stands tall and, and performs well in this one. Yeah, and, and as, as you said, Matt, he's massive. He is a really big boy. So uh, he's at one thirty as well. Yeah, he'd have to be. Um, so no, he, he, he'd be I, scrum. I think he'll be good in the scrums. Exactly, um, good in the set piece. He's just not going to offer the same thing HH does around the park. But um, no. but also good to see backing him up um, with very experienced uh, Ruan Smith, who um, made a couple of little cameos. And look, he's a quality player. I mean, yeah, he's a bit of an old older codger now. He's been around, uh, played in every team in Super in all of the Australian franchises, as we mentioned before. But um, no, it's really good to have him to, to be able to call on him to come in. So, um, yeah, look, um, Ron Smith's 32 year old, probably covers both both props, you know, both sides if, if you need him. Hmm. He, he's one that, you know, I would have assumed would have been on the bench right throughout the year above Archer Holt. Um, yeah. So, it, it's, it's an interesting one to see that he, he'd lost that chance, but he is back. I, I think he may have had an injury at some point and, and Holt's remained there. But, it's really good to see Ryan Smith in another crack. To be fair, I'm amazed he's 32. I mean, I'm the same. I'm the same age as you. Know, he, I, kind of, I feel like he's like 38 or something. You know what I mean? Just like anyway, it feels yeah. like he's been around forever. But um, yeah, I don't know. Well, um, maybe, maybe it's all the the character um, that we've seen of, of him getting punked on um, social media by Tupo and stuff over the years. He really kind of plays that dad role. <laughs> it feels like in the last couple of months yeah, he's yeah. been in. So. He's, the old, he's the old man. That, that's um, it. Mm. We've also got Cridge coming in to start. So Sinclair shifts. Sinclair, the back rower, shifts out of the second row to the bench to cover second row still. But he's, he's been doing pretty well there. Um, he, he's added a bit of stark to his game, I, I think, you know, this season, which has been good. But mm. I, I'm happy to see Cridge get another another start. And obviously, there's the big loss of Hooper. Um, but can you can you talk a little bit more about this back row? I can. Look, I mean, yeah, it's obviously you, you can't. It's definitely always a loss when you lose a player like Michael Hooper. But... Um, I quite like the look of this back row with uh, Will Harris getting in there at six, Charlie Gamble or undercover Hooper or Hooper with a mo um, at seven. Um, one detective of the, Hooper, the detective Hooper, one of the men in the match uh, from that Crusaders game, and um, and Raboni Warren Voyasato at uh, Voyasato at um, 
number eight. Bosiatho. 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 Uh, who, if you just learn how to actually pronounce certain things, you, you'll get it. Like, you'll, look, I think we've established right. just that, a bit of homework. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, anyway, um, but Ravoni, I'm excited <laughs> about him. He did end up. He got a negative fantasy score last week, but that's because he got. Um, I think he cops quite a few penalties and got a got a card ultimately um, for. Yeah, well, actually, we questioned that card. It was about him being like off in an offside position to make a tackle, a try saving tackle. Yeah, after a line I, I think I chat to a few people, Harry being one, mm. who, who watched it on the TV, who said, I mean, the Crusaders had illegally broke up and it was a truck and, and trailer, constructed yeah. in truck and trailer, or something along those lines. Anyway, like mm. so, and so to to give him a card, it seems really quite unfair. But he he has a a big future. Almost made the you know, the, the Japanese side as we've touched on. So mm. it's good to see him get another crack there at that um, eight jersey. And, and it will be interesting to see how Harris pairs up with him. Yeah, I think that's that's the main thing is I like the balance. I really like the balance and I really don't yep. mind seeing Harris at six. I mean, I, I, I could see Harris, um, you know, this is looking too far into the future, but Wallaby's back row of Harris, uh, you know, in the days in the days of sometime past Michael Hoover, but a, Har- a Harris, uh, Harry Wilson and Fraser McWright, that uh, under 20s, Wallaby's back row. Mate, um, how you know. good. But if, you, if you're doing the under-20s back row, you shift Will, you know, Harry Wilson to number six, mate. Will Harris to number eight, yeah, like tough, I had back in the day. Tough priority. That's true. That's it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what it was when they played under-20s. It, it was clearly better. Um, it, it must be noted. Will Harris held out Harry Wilson for the number eight jersey. Yeah, that's true. We'll, yeah. And we'll mention it regularly. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean, I think that's all the changes. For, for these sides. That is. The back line is um, the same. Tane Edmed had an awesome game, um, still holding out Ben Donaldson on the bench. And we, as I, um, we discussed before, they're not going to swap them until he has a bad game, I guess. Man, I, he, Tane Edmed was on um, radio in Queensland. And I saw a post pop up and I wrote, how good Champagne Tane is getting on. And I listened to the radio and they, they go, mate, they call you Champagne Tane. <laughs> and Tane goes, I've never heard it. No, I made, I made it up. I just made it button up, but it, they were then raving about the nickname. So I'm hoping that's the champagne thing. Oh, God. You're everywhere, Nels. There's not a, no one can go on any sort of uh, program without, uh, without getting a hashtag from you somewhere, you know? Just, hey, that's, that's the whole point of what I'm doing, mate. I feel I'm like just, I'm, out, I'm outing you here today, but uh, I think Nubum was prompting you on, um, on looking up what your screen time was on your phone, mate. And what, what do we say? Your daily average was about four hours just on Twitter, probably. Is that it, mate? <laughs> Uh, I must, I must leave it aside. You know, just I can tell. I can tell you don't want to repeat the number because uh, you're worried that your <laughs> other half, your partner's nearby. So that's all good. We'll move on. Um, but look, the the, <laughs> the Tars game. I think very similar for the Tars. What are they going to do in this game against Minor Pacifica? Um, and first and foremost, it's exactly what they did against the Crusaders, which is win uh-huh. the front up battle. Just win that physicality yep. battle. And um, if you can do it against the Crusaders, uh, you can do it against Moana Pacifica. I know Moana have some really big boppers, but um, no, nah, look, you can you can absolutely do that to them. And I think Mate, if the, you, the Tars get a fast get away to a fast start, it's game over for Moana Pacifica. I, I think you can sum it up with one hashtag: Tar tough. You know, Tar tough. This uh, it's about making those contacts and, and winning those physical battles, but also getting up off the ground to be ready to do it again. Mm. And that's, you know, a, a real character of this side. There are a lot of threats in this Moana side. So you expect to be able to make a hit and go, yeah, that's it. You're, you're dreaming. You're going to have to get back onto your feet and be ready to go again because there's a lot of threats right around the paddock for, for Moana and, and with the likes of 
Lee Liafano controlling them, you know, they, they are going to be a massive threat. You, you can't keep the ball in play when, you, when you're going for your kicks. Um, we've lost, you know, Harris at, as that left foot boot uh, at the, the back as well. So maybe you can try to target Tawala a little bit and, and try to bring him forward and put a bit of pressure on him. But uh, I'd be very, you know, very nervous about keeping the ball in play if they're going to fling the ball out to Tavatavanawai or, or Fanganuku. I agree. Um, and so for this one, I was going to say, what was the game? Was it last week or two weeks ago? One, one team very successfully did not allow the ball to get Tavatavanawa. Do you remember that? Was it last week? Not, not last week. Was it the week before or the week? Uh, I can't remember how long ago. It was a couple of weeks back, though. Yeah. They, they did shut the, that, that structure down through the, through the centres. I mean, when you've got Leva Amua looking to run the ball a lot, um, Henry Tafu ready, to, to, ready and willing to run it. If you've got that kind of umbrella defense and you've got that pressure a little bit out wide, which you know is probably pushing off Parisi, it, it does cut off that pass. And those players, yes, um, Henry Tafu has got a good pass on him, but mm. if if you've got the ability to run like he does, you sit there and go, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run it. I'm not gonna push that pass, and yeah. you you stop the ball getting out wide. So it's definitely something the Tars should be doing. Agreed. Um, all right, this one. How do you see it going? I've been picking, putting my picks in first. Give us yours, Nels. I mean, I think I did the first one, but uh, I'm going to say the the Tars to win this one by 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Moana will stay in this one. The, the Tars may be a little bit of a lead. Moana find their way to, to keep in it, and then maybe the Tars can, can finish it off with a try late. All right, and, and on top of that, who do you see? Who's your fantasy man of the match in this game? Are you, are you just going to pull have... the trigger on Tava Tava? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not actually. This, the defense maybe can threaten him a little bit and, and just shut him down a little bit better than you know last week. I, I'm going to do what I see as the the low hanging fruit, and that's Dave Parecki. This Moana Pacifica side cannot stop a driving more. Yeah. So if I was the Tars, every week a, a hooker scores a try against Moana. So if not two or three. So for, for me, Parecki back. Um, yes, there's a few changes. But they've gone a very chunky, big, physical forward pack. Mm. So I, I think, you know, that could be hinting a little bit at, you know, the driving more as well. So it will be a, a real threat for the Tars. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go. I can't believe I'm going to be. It's probably just because of last week's <laughs> game, but I'm going to be even more optimistic than Nels. Uh, I'm going to say Tars by 15. I just think, um, oh, yeah. as I said, if they get away to a fast start, I, I think... Um, that yep. it's going to be hard to pull them back in if they, yeah, you know, when they get their tails up. Um, and in being different yep. in terms of fantasy man of the match, I'm going to say Jake Gordon. I'll throw him out there. Just um, as no. you said, very big Moana pack, and I think Jake Gordon will be looking, licking his lips, looking for holes to um, to run through. So I think we can see lots of lots of runs and line breaks from him, and maybe bag himself a try. So um, and just just being a noticing how long this pod's gone. I think we're, we're touching on I, an hour twenty or something I, like that. So that. We might pump through these last through last three here. The next matchup is the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. Um, in terms of new injuries, um, you said Sam Kane may not play due to the birth of his first baby or that's having true. a baby. His first, his first yeah. child, yeah. So that's kind of if if he's if that happens, he's not playing. If it doesn't, then he'll be playing. That's what they've said. Yeah, yeah. It's fair enough. It's a home. He gives him the ability to toss that up. We've got Ateni Nanai Saturo returning. Um, Emoni Narawa on the bench. We've got Alan Ala Ala Toa uh, on the bench. Not, we don't have the team lineup for the Chiefs yet, do we? We do, mate. We do. Oh, have we I not do. even seen it? Um, 
God, man, uh, you just don't you don't pay attention. But if you read the notes, I've got. I was I was going to in grievances bring up. Can the Chiefs be the only? How are they the only team that haven't given the lineup? They're all right. They're, they're late. They're late. So yeah. we, we can still grieve on them. But we've got yeah. Ala Toa and then Frost back on the bench. So mm-hmm. in terms of the Chiefs, their changes they have named Kane at seven with Boshier out of the match day squad completely. So my guess would be, you know, Kane if he's out, Boshier that comes straight back in. Um, well, that's I mean to me, I think that's what the change would be. Yeah. Um, rather than bringing on, you know, Semifini Finau or someone like that into that seven jersey. Mm-hmm. Tapai is back into the 12 jersey, for, uh, forcing Poi Hippie onto the bench. And that's a Turo back to start with Naroa on the bench. Tia Tia was also replaced with Trask. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy not seeing Naroa starting, especially <laughs> for Trask. <laughs> He's in my fantasy side and I've been held in this bloke for months. So I'm, I'm disappointed about that. But Trask has offered, you know, a, a different role and a, a different ability at that 15 jersey to, to Tia Tia and Narawa. Um, he's more of that 10 playing 15 than, you know, the out-and-out kind of threatening 15 that you see of Narawa and Tia Tia. Uh, against the Brumbies who, you know, set piece are really, really good, structured really, really well. I think they've got Trask there to try and play the field position a little bit more. Um, make sure that then you know not playing footy in their own 22 uh, and trying to be you know playing in the right parts of the paddock so to me that's what you know trust inclusion means Uh, absolutely Um, the brumbies are not a team that you want to to be in the wrong part of the field against yeah no yeah definitely not so Mm. uh, i I think that's the big thing to take out of this side there's there's a lot of you know you've got peter gusto or kula Luke Jacobson, really, really strong players in, in the back row with Sam Kane if he's there. That's that's a massive threat and, and maybe a you know a combination where the Chiefs can get up on on the Brumbies. Um, yes, Valentini scored potentially one of the best tries ever by a back rower on the weekend. He, he won't be able to do that again. No one else can. And Pete Samu out of form and uh, Jerome Brown playing quite well. But that is definitely you know the the spot on this field that I think the the Chiefs have a, a real strength to them where they can outclass the, the Brumbies. Absolutely. I think you've, you've nailed it on the head there. Um, you mentioned, did you mention the Brumbies, Alatoa coming back, um, the yep. captain coming back? So, yeah, I think, look, in terms of just talking strategy for this one, the Brumbies are going to keep doing exactly what they've been doing, which is yep. getting the right parts of the field. And, you know, set. It, it really doesn't matter. It's not just all about driving malls and set pace now. They have no. really good set back line moves and their execution yep. has been so good. So it's, it's got a chance um, to, to try and basically like yep. frazzle them, try and create some broken play and whatnot. It's really good to see um, Tom Banks back in the side playing well after his injury. Andy Muir had even had quite a good game, ball in hand. I won't has but... been... Yeah, I know. I'm surprised I did. And, and Lenny Catow has been quiet for, mm. for Lenny Catow. Uh, that 13 jersey is not locked in, in, in my opinion, for him. I, I still think no. he's probably the, my choice at the moment, even though he's not in the perfect form. Mm. Um, but he really needs to step up against some of these Kiwi sides if he wants to stamp his name on that jersey because he has competition in Parisi, Paisami, um, you know, other people around the, you know, around the Aussie side. So yeah. I'm expecting him to to hopefully get him, him himself ball in hand. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been what I think has been lacking from him. Defensively, he's been good. But yeah, ball in hand, I, I want to see him running more at this chief side. 
and, and running at the likes of Tapai and Nankervell, who, you know, both very good centres. Mm. But if he's want to be a Wallaby outside centre, he should be, you know, finding gaps through them. And Nankervell's been absolutely awesome. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think this game, look, Nana Saturo is the top has the top fantasy average in of all players, and he's been unbelievable. So it's going to be huge. Yep. His his re is going to be huge, and it's uh, to play back in the midfield. They've really got the full attacking spectrum there to chase. This is probably one of the strongest sides they've had all year. So, yep, this is this is their time to go guns blazing. So, all right, um, how do I see this one going? I'm going to say, uh, I think that the Brumbies are on a roll. I mean, it just I almost talked myself into just saying how good the Chiefs will have everything going just then. But um, yeah, I, I, th- I you think you might mine too. Yeah, I know, right? But I think the Brumbies just they have yeah they they're just absolutely too clinical at the moment. They they have a very clear game plan and they're executing that game plan week in week out. I think that they'll bag themselves. Whilst the Chiefs can certainly defend them all, I think they might bag themselves another uh, rolling mall try. And I think that they're. Um, yeah, as I said, even their backs plays, their set plays have just been, they've been executing them to a high enough level. Um, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to win the territory game. Even with Caleb Trask back there, I don't think they're going yep. to. I think the, the Brumbies are going to top. So I'm going to say Brumbies, but uh, not by much. I might say by, it's either six or seven points. Maybe I'll go to six points. Um, okay. And and my fantasy man of the match will probably still be a 10 and an Asaturo. Just that guy touches the ball. He he gets bulk points. He's a hard one to go against. Look, I, I for me, I, I said the Brumbies five. Um, I wrote this before their last matchup, and it's only solidified further with how, how they played in that last matchup. But this is a strong Chiefs side um, playing in New Zealand. Completely different challenge to the last couple of weeks for the Brumbies. If they can win this one, they're proving that they can really be a challenger for Super Rugby this year. That's it. Um, this, is, this is the one I feel the most unsure about, I'd say. Um, yeah. This is, this is a really tough matchup for them. So yeah. I, I think they can get it done, and I'm I'm backing them by five, but mm. it is, it's a big ask for them. Um, in terms of who I think the man of the match is going to be, I almost feel like just picking one of my players to hope that they do well. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the names of Peter Gasso or Kula. Um, but look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go someone who, it hurts me because he used to be in my side, I'm going to go Tom Banks. I, I think Tom Banks, he's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders to, to be kicking well, but he's he's really found his groove ball in hand this year. And I think he's been consistently a big threat for them. So I think he's probably going to get a lot of ball in this match with the Chiefs wanting to play out of their, their half. Um, and, and hopefully he does pick his you know, right moments and, and runs, runs the ball back at, you know, when things are on. Yep. Agreed. Um... Cool. All right, well, let's push on to the final game of the round and then we can do a quick wrap-up of desserts. Second, so, last, second last game, mate, penultimate game. Is this the second last? Jesus Christ, okay. Yeah, well, let's we're really, pump it out, mate. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's absolutely pump. All right, Force Crusaders, new injuries, Force Tony Pulu. Um, they've got Byron Ralston coming in to replace him on the right wing. Uh, Crusaders, we've got George Bauer, Cody Taylor, Sebu Reese, all on all-black rest weeks, I believe. Um, and so coming in to replace them in the starting lineup, we've got Tommy Williams in the number one jersey, Ricky Jackson in at hooker, and George Bridge coming back in on the right wing for Sever Reese. Uh, otherwise, returning just for the force, they've got Angus Wagner, who I think is coming back from an injury. Uh, he's on the bench. Yep. Uh, the replacement loose head, he's been pretty good. But um, yeah, Nels, do you want to take us through the force, just position changes and um, what you think they're going to bring? 
Um, yeah, so uh, we've got Oli Callan shifting from that eight jersey to that seven jersey in the absence of Kateka. So we see Anthony coming back into the eight jersey. He's a real threat for them if he's playing confident. So hopefully we see that from him. As you said, Ralston coming in for Pulo. Uh, that's, I think that's the only ch- starting changes for, for the force, to be fair. Uh, I think you were saying um, that the sea of blue will be hoping for a sea of red cards. Um, to the Crusaders. But look, the, the interesting thing is the Crusaders, and, and the Crusaders fans might not want to hear it, but Crusaders have been able to have the rub of the green. They've been afforded that because they have been so good in the past. Is if you are so good, if it's a 50-50 call, the ref changes that from 50-50 to 60-40 and it's in your favour a lot of the time. Whereas at the moment, because things aren't going to plan for them, you know, those 50-50 calls, are starting to go against them. You know, they're more they're, they're copying more cards than they have in previous years for, you know, similar instances. Um, so, I, I mean, you, you can't hope for a red card, but if the force are going to be this one, mate, you, you're probably fair enough with what you've said there that, you know, they, they're going to need some cards. Yep, I agree. Um, and look, I think really simply with the force, they were getting worked over in the scrums by the Blues last week, which, fair enough, big Blues pack. Crusaders, it's going to be, you know, the same challenge again. So I hope they've done a lot of practice there and can really hold out with that. Um, and otherwise, look, Isaac Fine, like we talked about before, we don't need to go into it again, that Isaac Fines and um, Pasatoa have been <laughs> awesome bringing some punch. But um, essentially the game plan is still the same, similar to Moana in giving the ball to Tava Tava. The force, just give it to Manasa Mataeli. Let the, let the guy step up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, the force showed it, it was an awesome showing against the blues last week, uh, and they were so close. So in that game, so, um, you know, they're going to take a lot of confidence from that and hopefully they can make something happen, but by the same token, and, and they're very lucky that the game is at, uh, in Perth because, uh, by the same token, we've said it for years, but whenever the crusaders lose, they come back the next week with a fiery vengeance. So, um, I don't know, I don't know the last time we've lost twice in a row. Exactly. So um, whilst they have still, you know, a few, couple of all-black re- uh, all rests here, you know, again, a weakened Crusaders side, if we will. No, I'm joking. Um, but uh, they do have Richie Mwanga in there. Um, and, yeah, I mean... And all back. Like, yeah, they've got Richie Mwanga back and all back. Uh, Ethan Black out of back. So this is a pretty strong side. Tamati Williams coming in for the loose head role, which we saw him, you know, filling in last year. He's been a bit more tight head this year. And joined by Ricky Jackson, as you, as you touched on earlier, um, for George Bauer, Cody Taylor, both out. Um, you'd love to keep talking about Tamati Williams, but we'll keep on moving on, mate. He's, he's a big boy. Gardner to the bench, Gallagher, who was pulled pretty late. Uh, he's back into the, the lock position. Tom Christie's out of the 23 completely with Blackadder feeling it. You know, I, I was going to say unfamiliar role of seven, but maybe he's played a bit there for them. So, uh, not unfamiliar, but a less preferred back rower role for him. Um, Drummond coming in at nine. Moringer back. Burke's going to the bench. Um, Goodhue out of the 23 completely. I'm not sure what's going on there. We'll probably find out from Harry later on. And then I'll back into that starting 13. Bridge to start. When I first read this, I went, they've finally seen the light and they're not putting Bridge on. But no, they're resting Sever Reese and, and putting Bridge back into that back three. But... Yeah, I mean, I this, is, I, this is a, a good side. 
It is, yeah. No, look, I knew you, you had to know as fantasy managers um, that Seve Reese rest was coming up. Uh, it was inevitable. He, he started, in the, I don't know how many, of the last probably like four or five games in a row. So didn't surprise me. I knew it was coming. But um, no, exactly. It's a hell of a good side. And uh, I think that the Crusaders will take a lot of learnings from the Tars game last week, but also in cross-examining that Force Blues game. And um, I think that, yeah, they're really going to bring it and they're going to bring it from the very start. So last week, they're a bit stunned to, to be down 14-0 after 10 minutes. Don't think that's going to happen mm. with the force. Um, so I think yeah. the Crusaders are going to go hard from, from minute one. Uh, yeah, look, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think the force have really muscled up in defence. You touched on it a little bit earlier. So their, their aim is really going to be to, you know, slow some of these threats for, for the Crusaders, um, you know, try just try and temper that a little bit, temper that Crusader excitement when they get ball in hand um, and, and look to take points when they're on offer. But they've said it themselves, you, you can't beat these Kiwi sides without tries. Um, so for them, that's, you know, that's that's where the real threat is. You've got Manasa Mateelli, an ex-Crusaders player, being your biggest threat. You know, people always say the forwards win the game, backs win by how much. But, you know, we've talked about the last few games, it's forwards win the games and your Fijian wingers decide by how much. So... <laughs> Um, if the forwards can man up and they can get the ball to Mateli, they're going to be in this game. But it, it's to me, it's going to be too much of an ask, even with you know the more cohesive unit at the moment of the force than this you know Crusaders side that's undergone more and more changes every week. Um, I was talking to Ben Darwin, um, interested in what he was thinking about the the cohesion from from this side, and uh, he he said he was crunching the numbers. But uh, I think there's been too many changes, so it's taken him a bit of time. So this this is a very different Crusader side moving forward compared to the past. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's not going to blow out as bad as you're probably leaning towards and say the Crusaders are going to win this just more than two tries, which is still big. I'm going to say they're going to win it by 15. Oh, see, look, I'm going to surprise you on that in that, you know, my initial thoughts were at, at at a bit of a big summer blowout, but um, no, yeah. I I actually think the the force have have done an awesome job at keeping uh, stopping team scoring points. So I'm going to say because that is a win, but maybe by by ten. So even like with the engines, um, go with that. And then yeah. in terms of f- fantasy players of the match, I'm going to p- pick the low hanging fruit here, nice and simply, Rishi Moanga. Um, then I'll leave you to pick any other crusader you'd like, my friend. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he's a hard <laughs> one to go past. I'm just looking at who's running at Byron Rouston, and that's Lester Fanganuku. So there's my pick. Yeah, done. Beautiful. Um, all right, well, let's get through the last game of the round. We've got the Hurricanes taking on the Fijian Ndrua uh, in Wellington, I believe. Um, the Hurricanes, interestingly, have not learned from the time when they rested heaps of players against Moana Pacifica and have decided to rest players against the Fijian and Drua. So they're resting Jordy Barrett, both the Sevilla brothers, and uh, James Blackwell. Um, that's, a, so that's a lot. That is that is a lot. Jordy Barrett and the Sevilla brothers. Um, huge. Interestingly, the, the Drua are missing some you know huge parts of their side. Vinaya Khambosi, who is one of the best players in this comp, most pivotal players in this comp, Mm-hmm. Dolokoto, who's been playing very well in the rake position for them. And and Lamani, you know, he's out of this side as well. So 
it's not a full strength side for, for either ta- team. So, I mean, that changes your cohesion. That changes how well you can defend. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about earlier, you know, the forces stick to their side that they've had in previous weeks, and that's going to be a real strength and defensively. But both of these teams, you know, are forced to make changes and they've made other changes outside that. So neither team is going to be a great cohesive defensive unit and both of these teams can score points. So this could be an open match. Absolutely. And look, returning for this one for the Hurricanes, I thought I, I, I felt like I was going to, I was going to mention that um, there were heaps of players coming back from Reds cards a week early. And I feel like there has only been Josh Dixon and now Asafo Omoa. So I don't know where I was getting that from in my head, but um, Asafo Omoa yeah. uh, coming back a week early. He did his um, don't take someone's head off course, tackle course. Um, so he's, he's going to be out after this week then. Is that what we're saying? That's it. And I reckon he probably didn't even, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he probably didn't even want to do the course, but then um, Dane Coles is finally back this week, returning from the bench. So he thought, okay, all right, I'll do. He's back. I'll do the course. No worries. I'm still starting this weekend. Um, so Asafa yeah. <laughs> Mo and Dane Coles back. That's a pretty gnarly um, rake, rake pairing to have right there. But um, also Owen Franks. Um, so Dane Coles coming back from some niggling injury. I forget what it is. Long term niggle. They've really taken their time with old man Coles. Old, um, old man bone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Owen Franks, not speaking of old men, um, he's, he's still yet to make his debut for the Hurricanes, but um, he's come back, uh, been training, had some injury, but he might make a potential debut off the bench at Tighthead for the Canes. Um, and he's, um, he's penciled in. I don't think he's locked in to, to be ready, but hopefully he will be. That's it. Um, and otherwise, we've had Duplessis Karifi come back. I'm not clear whether that was an injury or just not being selected. Uh, you think you'd have to think an injury, um, and then Ray. I'd have to think it was a card that we didn't see. So they get cards left on center. Yeah, there was a private judicial hearing. Uh, there's another <laughs> yeah, level of the yeah. judiciary in New Zealand. There's the Super yeah. C judiciary. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ray and Hussen uh, coming back from just a rest um, on both the weeks. Hussen, mate. Hussen, 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 and the Drua, no one really coming back from injuries, just a few new faces. Of, yeah, lots of changes um, mm. for both sides here. You, you've got um, Numia also coming in for Rickety Stones for the Canes. Well, um, yeah, R- touch- R- R- actually, that's an injury. Rickety Stones was pulled pre-game last week, so Numia actually yeah. ended up starting um, yeah. and played the whole game. Or, sorry, a lot of the game. Um, and was great, I would say. Really like him. Yeah, he's, he's an exciting player. I, I really do rate him. Uh, you touched on the hooker changes. Blackwell back in um, for Walker Lear Wary. No, no, Bla- sorry, Black- Walker Leary. Yeah, sorry, Blackwell is out for yes. for Walker Lear Wary. Yep. Um, sorry, my mistake. Um, but yeah, you you keep saying double jackal. You know, the the double kind of open side flank role. Well, it's because um, I know you'd like to normalise it, mate. But it's not convention. Get one jackler on there, mate. All right, then give me two big big lads to hit some people. That's get what as I want. many as you can fit. As give many me a, as you can fit a Jerome Kano and a Victor Vito on there. Give me some big beasts to kill people. All right. So we've got Kariffi. We've got Blake Gibson. If I had to pick one, I'm picking Blake Gibson. So Kariffi's the lucky one here, in my opinion. TK yeah. Howden is out of the starting side. We've also interestingly got Tyler Lubshaw. I don't know. Lubshaw. <laughs> nice. Oh, he's South African, mate. So I don't know what that, how that translates. All um, I know is that's wrong. That's in. all I know. <laughs> Give it a crack. 
Shout, shout no, out Ethan. No, no, I don't know how to correct it. I just know that that's definitely wrong. That's it. To, to be fair, I'm, I'm reading your your writing, so you probably spelled it wrong. Oh. Um, Laubschka. Let's say Laubschka. <laughs> um, that's it. Like, if you say it confidently, that's all that matters. Yeah. And look, he's, right. he's started one game for the Manawatu Turbos mm. uh, in the NPC. Big body, 194, 104 kilos. He's 21-year-old, South African-born. Um, Tika Howden is on the bench. But, you know... I won't say your man, but someone you wish was your man. Yossi is is not even yeah, on that side. So I, think, I think Braden Yossi is still injured, but uh, it's just it seems interesting was, um, to yeah, just flat out start this guy t- Tyler. Um, yeah. You know, when you've got TK Howden and all these other guys, so I don't know. Finish it. What was his name? Uh, I just I ended with Tyler, so I can't be um, wrong if I've never said it. You know, you, you can see that one hurts you deep because when I said you know Yossi is not playing you in. Yeah, like the highest I've ever heard you say anything. You're very confused, but you're questioning life at that point, that question. But um, mm. we've got Garden Baship uh, moved to the bench, uh, Jackson Garden Baship, and Aiden Morgan then coming back in to, to start in that 10 role. Peter Umwanga Jensen, the lesser Jensen uh, in my eyes, he's given all, a rest. The all black Jensen. Yeah, but the lesser one. Okay. Um, and Billy Proctor coming in to 12 with. Sullivan continuing in that 13 jersey. We've got Julian Sevilla and Geordie Barrett out of their, their back three with Riati and Hooson on the wings with Josh Morby coming back in that fullback role. I, I don't know if anyone else has made the comparison, but he seems like a, another Hooson to me or Hooson, whatever you want to call, you know, as at the number 15 role, like just the way he can hit a line and find those gaps. And you're a little bit confused sometimes how he does it. And he pops out the other side, but he, he is a real threat for them as well. Josh he's Moore, not yeah, good I, Barrett, I, but he's yeah, no, that's a good analysis. I think he is. He's just a bit of a lesser Hussein, isn't he? Um, yeah. Really? It's, um, yeah, nice. All right. Uh, the Drua, um, we're very, for this one, so no Dolicotto. Uh, Ikenevieri has still been left to the bench. Um, and we've got yeah. Zuriel Togiatama coming in for um, a rare start. So he's only played a couple of games. I don't know if he's, I think he's got one start maybe, but um, it seems like a Not big sure, change. Yeah. Uh, Samuela Tawaki back into the rotate. So he was on the bench last week, rotated into starting the, in the three jersey. He's started quite a few games there. They've rotated yeah. back in the young locks. So Nasilla Silla and uh, Tui Fogalili, um on. Nailed him. Which are great. Uh, I really like both of them. I particularly like two of you. I really like the lele. second time. Got a, did well the first time, but couldn't get the you're second. Confident, time. mate. He's he's been good, but um, yeah. And then just uh, I mean, speaking of youngsters, there's Kirioni Salawa. Um, he's come in for Mira Mira, and um, Darren Alangi's uh, and Cricket Veta still uh, remaining in the, the Ricky in the Veta. Yes, the Ricky in the Veta still remaining in the six and eight jersey. Um, <laughs> How do we leave you to talk about the Fiji inside? I don't know. I don't know how we did, but um, but no, I I thought I had picked up in my fantasy side Namani Nagusa because I thought um he's the only person who hasn't come back a week early. I don't know if he didn't do the red card tackling uh, course, um, but uh, so he might be back next week. The Drua captain, um, which leaves Darren Alani yep. captaining the side another week this week. Yeah, and then we we've, we've got confusion a little bit around because I mean. The Ndrua have been picking people out of position, left, right, and centre through through their backs in recent weeks. And it appears that someone is missing from this back line. Um, mm. So we've got Kuro Boli at nine, um, 
and either we're missing a 10 or we're missing a 12 in this lineup. Uh, what I think is that we're missing maybe some of the feeling that 10 jersey because um, we've got uh, Teti Teller on the bench. So I think someone else is coming in maybe in to fill that 10 jersey. Kitioni Ratu, who more of an outside back, I, I think filling that outside, that um, wing role for them. Matasiwa and Vota in the centres, Ravatumanda and Talinga at uh the right wing and fullback. You see it differently. You think that Ravalbao is hidden in there and that they've changed Ratu and said, you know, I know you're a fullback or a winger. You should play fly half this, this week. Well, and, and mate, Kuravoli played fly half the other day. No, I think I just think I think Ratu's played some um, fly half before. So I think they just in announcing the team list, they have simply and we're just looking at this at rugby.com.au the the lineups. Um, they have simply forgotten to put Calavetti Revovo in there. And um, well, so maybe maybe we're both wrong. Maybe they're just missing a nine. They haven't found who's going to play t- nine. <laughs> yeah. I've gone Kuravoli can play ten. Kikioni <laughs> Ratu on the left wing. That's probably it because L- Lamani's out, and they've gone. Who plays? Who plays number nine? It's a very good point. So look, we've just we chucked a bunch of names out there, and um, some of them will be playing. And uh, it's it's a it's like a jigsaw puzzle of just insert who you think the missing piece is, but. Maybe, um, is- but I was going to say either either it's way. Not even, is, it's not a full bench. They don't even have a full bench there. <laughs> I, I think they're missing they're missing a um, a halfback on the bench. So that that's this is their issue. They don't have any halfbacks. They've got one, and he looks like he's probably playing. Fly oh, I think is it not Nawai on the bench a um a halfback? Oh yeah, maybe yeah, he is. Sorry, yeah. but um, yeah. look either way, it's yeah. I mean, just come on, get the lineups correct, please. Um, but what can we say? Um, this game, look, I think uh, you know. I think it's a big call for the Hurricanes to rest these players. Um, to, I mean, I, I know you have to get your all-black rest weeks in, right? So you do have to give Geordie Barrett and Artie your rest weeks. And I guess by that logic, um, when when when's the best it. time to do Well, I don't know. I, I'd say when's the best time to do it. I, I personally would think against the Aussie sides, probably not against the Drua. Uh, I would be doing that yeah. against maybe the Rebels or the Force would be my, my thoughts. But, um, the, the, the big thing is, like I, I said it before, you know, um, Darwin's theory is your cohesion affects your defence. So the, we know that the Ndrua can attack and attack better than most Aussie sides. Mm. So you're weakening the your defence. Everywhere. You know, against an absolute all-out threatening attacking side. Mm. You know, that's probably not what you want to do. If you go against a side that isn't seen as an attacking side, the force, maybe that's when you go, well, you know, maybe we can get away with it a little bit more. And that's that thought process. But, I mean, who knows? They, they, they can win this one convincingly and, you know, feel like they're on top of the world. But, look, it, it's, it's going to be a big ask still for the Ndrua to win this one either way. But, you know, they, they're still going to push the Canes in my eyes. All right. Well, look, without going further into the game, because I think, oh, okay, the very, very simply in this game, it is just going to be, um, can the Drua play for 80 minutes? and yeah, what kind of? Uh, I mean, I keep saying what kind of start the teams get off to, but what kind of start do the Hurricanes get off to? I think they're going to probably look for tries in the rolling mall. Um, they're going to try and really try and lean on that forward pack, Asafa Mua, Dan Coles, um, to get in there. But I'm actually, I, I don't know if this is just because it's getting late towards the end of this podcast, but I'm thinking that the Drua can win this game, even being over in New Zealand. Uh, and I'm, I'm starting to think my tip is going to go towards the Drua. I think that the Drua have been 
there or thereabouts in so many games. I don't love that they're changing. Uh, there's a couple of changes to the the team list, although, like ma- well, mainly, I don't like that Hambosi is not playing. But uh, as I said, I think hey, there's, I think there's, and consist- maybe not Ravalvao. Well, no, I think that I I'm backing that it's Ravalvao and Vota is there, and that's they've just stuffed up the team lineup. But um, hopefully, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm just going to go out there and back the Drua to win this by um, four points. Okay. So, yeah, there you big. go. Huge. Yep, it's big. Um, look, I'd, I'd love to do that. The, the Fijians that are really threatened teams, they threaten the Highlanders who I think are not to the level where the Hurricanes are. Hurricanes lost last week against a very strong Brumby side. So you can definitely argue that this is going to be a tight one. But I, I think the Canes are going to get this done, but not that convincingly. I, I think they're going to win it by, you know, a score. So I'm going to say they're going to win it by five points. Excellent. All right. And fantasy men of the match in this one. Um, oh, the only thing, my grievance in this game, sorry, would be that um, why, if, if Hambossi is not starting, why is Retarde on the bench? That's, uh, I just wanted to get that out of there. But I'm sure all the fantasy yeah, managers yeah. like me will be feeling that. But um, have Retarde. Fair grievance. Um, fantasy man of the match in this one. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and back. Uh, he's not actually in my team anymore. So no longer my boy, but Asafo Amua. Uh, you can't really go past it. I like him. it. Old, old mate has been getting big fantasy scores without even really playing the house down. Um, so he hasn't even had it, one of these big ripper games yet this year. But uh, this could be the one. That's, that's very fair. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think Kitoni Ratu is playing on the left wing for the Andrua. <laughs> and that means Wes Husson is going to be a big scorer on the right wing for the Canes coming up against that man. Excellent. Very good. Um, all right. Well, look, that... Do we skip the dirt, mate? Yeah, I was going to say, we probably can. I think look, I think we've pretty much covered... What we'd be doing is just going to some optimistic chat in terms of... Um, and we'd be getting more and more deluded uh, about how the Aussies' performances last week, the plus or the, well, the greater plus or minus means that it's, it's, a, it's, a, new, it's a new chapter. It's... Um, You've got you've it's May well, the fourth. You've you've got the Star Wars background in your whatever. Is it a new hope? Is it what is it? I mean, well, I mean, my, this for me was human me, if you will, was a question I was going to pose to you, saying after the results on the weekend, has it changed how you think? You know, the Aussie sides are going to compete against the the Kiwis over the next four weeks because. I mean, my guess is that you thought, you know, we'd get three wins, maybe five wins at best. We're, we're three in. Do you think we're going to continue to see a couple upsets or do we think we're only going to see the Brumbies get the win? Look, you, um, it's, I'm glad that you can't remember, but I will fess up to exactly it's what I said one win. on the pod okay. that you went there. I said that in total, I thought that the Aussies would get three wins. Um, so I said 35, mate. I was giving you dinner. Yeah, I said three. I think Harry said five, and I think we both agreed that you would be up in the maybe six or seven category, just as the op- biggest optimist of all of us. Um, Probably. I look. I, I okay. I do obviously would like to review my claim of three. I do think we're going to get some more wins. Um, I think the Brumbies will probably get another, at least another win, maybe another two wins. I think the Reds are probably due one or two wins. Um, so I'd like to say we're probably going to get. Uh, I'd say between six and eight wins. I would say, but um, okay. I mean, that's not bad. Mm. So it's not. Go. It's not setting the world light, but uh, it's probably, you know, what we would consider a good result. Mm-hmm. I, I think moving forward, look, I, I think this week the Reds can have a shout 
against the Highlanders. Mm-hmm. No James O'Connor, no Tupo is big. So just you know, the caveat with both of them there, I would be backing them to win. Uh, I think we can look at the Waratahs are versing Moana. We're not going to count that one, obviously. Brumbies versing the Chiefs, but in New Zealand is a real, real challenge. Mm-hmm. So maybe we get a win this week. Uh, anything better than that would be phenomenal. Um, you know, yeah. moving forward, who, who else do the Brumbies have? They've got the Crusaders. It's a tough ask. They've got the Blues. It's a tough ask. Then they've got um, the Moana. Moana Pacifica. So maybe they don't get another win, or maybe this is it. Maybe they're, they're, it's this week. So another couple wins, another three wins to get you in that bracket of six to eight, I think is a pass mark from here. And I'd like to see more than that. But yeah, six to eight is probably that pass mark. Agreed. Um, look, I agree. I think we we forgot to even do the, 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 the deserto. You're getting the stern looks from the misses. And um, we need to end on, we haven't thrown enough shade on, on uh, our counterpart for not showing up tonight. Uh, as we said oh. to begin with, Harry, I mean, look, didn't come to the Tars game. He'll give some excuse about how he was serving the community or, you know, saving someone's dog or doing something. But, I mean, was he there? No. And uh, and also, where is he in the OG league? He's about to top fall out of the top four. So, I mean, I do we even we, have him back on to... the pod, Nels? That's what I'm That's what I'm thinking, you know? Like, does he even get back on? I think he's going to work his way back in. There's, there's some stiff competition from everyone else that was lining up to be the third member on the pod this week. Um, but Harry and I did have a have a pod on Monday, so I mean, you got to you got to plug that. Um, where can people find that? And what was that? So that was the Squidge Rugby retrospective. Uh, we were going back to 1987, back in our time machines, um, watching Australia. You know, Trump and Trump's probably the right word. USA, probably a fair term there. Um, USA in the the Rugby World Cup. Um, but yeah, look, Harry, he's just not committed like us. I did have a question for you. From my side, from my screen, looking at you, it looks like the wind's blowing right to left by that moustache. Is that what's happening there? The Are you talk, by... You're talking about how my perfectly symmetrical uh, moustache. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> mate, it's all going one direction. I don't know what's going on there. I feel like I should get a photo. Mate, look, I've had other professional podcasters uh, comment on how uh, how perfect my moustache is and um, your lack of appreciation is where I think we'll end the pod tonight. So um, definitely something to, um, I can see you snapping a quick photo. You can take as many as you want, mate. Just um, but, um, don't, don't, use that, don't use that in your own private time uh, in the bathroom later though, please. You know, just, um, but, I just uh, want to ask people, which way is the wind going? That's, that's a simple question. All right. With that, let's, let's call it. Uh, that's, this has been the Draft Rugby Show. Thanks for tuning in and staying with us. And uh, we'll catch you again in the next one. Hooroo. Oh, All right. Bed done. Yep, i got to end the recording, which means i got to end the call. So where's that? Uh, All right. I'll uh, catch you later, mate. That was a, a big end. We said <laughs> this is the shortest one ever, but we had too much fun because we didn't have Harry the party pooper. Pretty much.